right, well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch. I just just figured out why you're wearing that hat and putting on a golf glove. I'm such a fucking idiot. I go, did he just get done playing golf? I'm such a fucking idiot. It's 28 degrees out. Yeah, 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 yeah. God dang it. Can I finish my intro, please? Please, 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 please. But there was something truly special about making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, grabbing some snacks in line and saying... I ain't spending no 50 cents for no Coke to the blockbuster cashier. Hey, then you get a no Coke. (laughs) (laughs) On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way that is, kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte. Joining me, as always, the great-grandsons of Mr. and Mrs. Haverkamp, Sean Pryor and AJ Vance. How the heck are you? I am solid. I'm better than the game they were playing that day. (laughs) (laughs) And today, we have a very special guest joining us, a dude who enjoys skinny skiing and going to bullfights on acid, Bert motherfucking Kreischer. How the heck are you, buddy? I'm doing phenomenal. Have you guys seen the trailer to my movie? Yes. I just just posted it. It's unbelievable. Uh, Out of... All the fucking replies, Snoop Dogg texted me. <laughs> really? Texted me, uh, uh, camera, paw print, black arm, black fist. <laughs> camera, paw print. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Like, I think movie, the dog really likes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels it's going to be strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> when yeah. does that come out? Uh, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. We're pre-selling tickets. Go to the machine.movie. And you can QR code, you can check the QR code and buy tickets for Thursday because we're doing a special event Thursday in theaters. So you'll buy the ticket for Thursday and then you come in maybe 30 minutes before the movie and then we're going to do something special in theaters Memorial Day weekend. It's a surprise, but it's everything. It's, it's, I mean, I think I want to get, I want to talk about the greatest movie ever made in a second. (laughs) But it's what's really interesting, my movie, yeah. Um, What's really interesting is that uh, Sony and Legendary have really allowed me to do whatever I want marketing wise and i and i have a marketing brain a little bit but just like a grassroots marketing brain of like like i, I look at everything as a consumer because i'm a fan of movies yes. i'm a fan of like i'm a fan of getting turned on to something like i'm a fan of going i'm a real fan of trailers i'm a real yeah. fan. i mean i used yes. to have a problem where i would go i would get on stuck on trailers and i could not stop watching trailers you remember that channel that only played trailers yeah dude i couldn't turn it off best trailer i ever saw uh let's be cops Let's be cops. Best trailer I've ever seen. Best trailer. I'm most excited I've ever been for a movie. It it let me down. It let me down. I usually do. And can I tell you what's crazy is when we did our movie. When we did our movie, we made one trailer where we put all the jokes in the trailer, and it was the greatest. Peter, you saw that trailer. It was the greatest fucking trailer you've ever seen, without a doubt. You'd go, "This is my movie. I'm fucking going." But it's but got all the it jokes. It would have ruined the movie. You would have been like, "Oh, they put all the jokes in the, in the trailer." And so and so, our director Peter Atencio fought to take all the jokes out. And dude, like the guy that goes, oh, don't ruin the movie in the trailer. I was like, just ruin the movie. Ruin the movie. Doesn't matter, man. Just get him there in the theaters. Just get him there. But but uh, we put one joke in the in the trailer, the shooting the guy. Yeah. yeah. Is the, it's the only it's really joke in the trailer. And uh, and we're getting great responses. Guy Fietti hit me up. Rogan hit me up. Everyone's hit me up. I think up. it's yeah. going to be huge. I would love that to happen. We, I, by the way, I, I don't really does, care man. to do, I don't need to be a movie star, okay? Here's what I want. This is what I want. 
I want this to I want this to do so well that first week. That's why I said put a QR code. Let's try to sell tickets the way we do theater the way we do tours. Why wouldn't you? Put on QR code so people can pre-buy their tickets so that we can know going in open week we're doing great. And then I want them I don't give a fuck to do any other movie. All I want to do is the machine two and the machine three. <laughs> I, I want to, I want them to sign on for two more movies. I just want to play that me. I just want to play me. I just want to play that. That's all I want. And then I'm done. And then I'll be done. And you'll never have to hear from me again. I'll quit comedy. I'll do everything. If you don't like me, go see this movie. I will disappear. I will just do stand up and do only machine movies. And then if they want to turn it into a sitcom, I'll play the machine sitcom where every week a different mafia oh, kidnaps a family member. <laughs> I need that. Well, yeah. we do need, we're speaking, we need the movie, the time travel movie of, yes. you, of you and your Dude. daughters. We need that. So, so, um, so I, many people hit us after, after you told that story. They're really? like, that oh, has yeah. to happen. Oh, yeah. 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 That was, uh, yeah. That, I, I have a bunch of movies. I have a bunch of movies that, uh, I, it's funny when I pitched the machine, I went in with um, three different movies because I, I'd, I'd given up pitching the machine because everyone was like, yeah, but what's the, what's the take? What's the take? I know We've the story. The story. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I just gave up. And so I went into Legendary and I pitched three movies. Uh, Magic Jacket, uh, uh, a movie with me and Tom, and then another movie. I forget what it was. It might have been the Hitler the one? The Baby Hitler? No, it wasn't the Hitler <laughs> the one. Hitler time no, no, the Hitler time travel was a good one. We were Baby Hitler. Hard Baby R. Hitler, yeah. Hard <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Kale goes, Kale Boyder, who's my uh, executive over Legendary, was like, Okay, I'll make one. Which one do you want to make? And I was like, huh? Oh, and he wow. goes, pick which one. I mean, I, I like them all. Which one do you want to make? And I said, wait, hold on. He goes, I'll make a movie right now. You got to decide what movie you want to make. And I go, well, if you're saying like I can make any movie, I'm going to make The Machine. And he goes, that's what I was hoping. And I was, he's like, that's what I thought we were hearing to pitch. And I go, yeah, but I'm afraid if I make it that that it'll be big and then I'll get kidnapped by the Russian mafia. And then all of a sudden, like, and he goes, sold. <laughs> I go, what? And he goes, sold. That's, that's the fucking movie. He, and he said to me, it's... It's uh, it's the uh, the Hangover meets Godfather Two, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I go, honey, he goes, trust me, trust me, we're doing it. I can't believe we made the movie. I can't believe it's going to be a movie theaters Memorial Day weekend. I'm like blown away at the reception. Everyone's hitting me up on my phone, being like, I really enjoy the trailer. I hope people like the movie, and that's it. And then I'll just do Machine Two and Three and stand up, and that's it. And my podcast. Well, and we got Razzle Dazzle, which oh, came Razzle out the, Dazzle day, my... the day before this episode came out. It just came out. So anybody listening, you got to go check out. Oh, that. Razzle Dazzle is my special on Netflix. It's I think I think it's the my best work. I think it's my best work. I, I also think it's my last special. <laughs> I'm fucking the the the, the, the rate I'm at. No, the rate I'm at is just it's like it's unachievable to keep writing the way I've been writing. Cause I, we were all in this Louis C.K. model of like 18 months to a special. Yeah. And and now I'm just like, I'm like I don't even know what the fuck to talk about anymore. Like I, I'm like, I, I'm, write, I'm writing material now. I got two pretty good jokes out of this new hour that I'm working on. Um, but it's like, I was like, man, the pressure to keep doing it every 18 months, I kind of want, and Netflix is changing. You know, like right. they're, now they're just doing acquisitions. I mean, this is a little inside baseball, but like, <laughs> but like for specials, they aren't, only a couple select people are getting the big, big deals. Like the, uh, but it's, trust me, if they backed up a big deal, I'd fucking do a special in 13 yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking regurgitate. My daughter said this. Leanne's a redneck. We fuck. <laughs> yeah. But this is, can I tell you, not to take over. This movie that we're talking about today is such a great movie because as a child, I watched it and loved it. As a teenager, I loved it and watched it. Now, as an adult, I know so it, 
it is such a layered comedy in that so many different things that I did not understand the joke as a kid, I now get. And, and that is what I fucking love. And we've seen so many documentaries about the making yeah, of this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason I asked if we could do this movie is because I do believe that throughout my life, I have been every character in this movie. <laughs> I was I love when it. I, when I was young, I was Danny, right? Yep. Yeah. We all were Danny. Oh, yeah. The kid looking for, for trying to get laid, trying to figure out wanting to be part of the cool kids. Uh I've been I've been uh Ty Webb. Yep. I've been I've been Carl. And I think right now I'm on Dangerfield. I'm already Dangerfield. Oh, you're okay. Are you Smales yet? No, you haven't I haven't, been, I haven't yet. been Smales yeah. yet. <laughs> I think Smales is coming when my <laughs> daughter brings home a boyfriend. Hello. <laughs> What, 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 uh-huh. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh-huh. uh, it's easy to grin when your <laughs> ship comes in and you got the stock market beat. But a man worthwhile is a man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> Go ahead, lovey. Well, then, without further ado, let's discuss this episode. On today's episode, we're going to discuss a movie that has never not been quoted during a round of golf. A movie. Where do, you know, do you know that little sidebar? What? There's a little sidebar to the rush to my machine story, and there's a fucking one thing I talk about. <laughs> no, is the reason the fucking the gangsters love me so much is that one of the sidebars of it. They never had seen any of the movies we grew up on, so anytime I needed a joke, oh. I just reach in a bag oh called Caddyshack quotes. Oh, that's oh. all you would do. Yeah, it looks good on you. Hey, get, a free like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get a free bowl of soup. Yeah, we get a free bowl of soup. That's hilarious. <laughs> Where's your hat, Whitey? Igor, don't tell him you're Jewish. <laughs> A movie where so much drugs were used on set that cocaine received an acting credit on IMDb. A movie that spawned one of the worst sequels of all time. This movie is 42 years old, but still captures our hearts today. We're, of course, talking about 1980s Caddyshack. Right. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with The Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. And if you are new to the podcast, we'll be reviewing this movie scene by scene with a modern eye. But in order to do that properly, we got to strip away and we got to talk about it with nostalgia. So, Bert, let's talk. You talked a little bit about it. Tell us the first time you saw the movie, what your initial thoughts were, and what your 0 out of 10 rating was that first time you saw the movie. First time I saw the movie, I'd just been introduced to golf, interestingly enough. I was at my cousin Abe's house in Philadelphia, and they were playing it on the third floor. The third, my cousin Abe was one of like five or six, and so they had a huge house. Parents were on the second floor. Girls were on the second floor. Boys were on the – Abe was the only boy, but Abe and the other kids were on the third floor. And they were playing it on the third floor, and it was, and there were, there were tits in it, and that's, that's the, all I remember is there were tits in it, and I was like, that's the only thing I regret in my movie, The Machine, is we didn't have tits. You didn't we forgot. Have, we forgot. You well, forgot. Tell, them, tell them there's tits. Edit. Tell yeah. Them there's tits. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tits in it. <laughs> and so, and so, I watched it, and I, and I remember just being like, being mesmerized, and I'd just been introduced to golf, and I was like, oh, this is, this is a badass movie. Like I, I like I watched the whole thing. And I loved it, and I think at that time the Gopher spoke to me because you're young. <laughs> I must oh, have wow. been, I must have been, I must have been probably ten years old. I'm guessing when the first time I saw it because I think we saw it on VHS. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that's the first time I saw it. What's the rating? Zero out of ten. First time you saw it, probably seven. Seven? Yeah, because I, I think I think it was I was like solid, but I was I don't think I got any of the jokes yes. at all. What about you, AJ? Uh, this is like one of those movies that's like. It's just a, 
I only remember pieces and parts of it. Like this whole movie, and the movie's kind of put together that way too. Like yeah. it's it's a lot of collective jokes that they put in together, and then they kind of put the storyline over top, you know. Yeah. And so you're just like, but I just remember the jokes out of it, and I remember I remember getting to watch it. Um, just I'm pretty sure it was on TBS and just all cut up, and you know you didn't get the tits, and you didn't get the, yeah. you know. So I I just remember thinking, oh, Bill Murray's funny. So uh, I'll watch this movie. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So I didn't get a lot of it, though. A lot of the jokes, it just went over my head. Yeah, a so, lot of the jokes. And, yeah. and there, there, a lot of the dialogue. You have Chevy Chase and Rodney Dangerfield just spitting lines, just bars after bars of Too just quick good for jokes kid, though, that are right? just under, under the tone and everything. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't even know what they're saying. That being said, I mean, I think I'm, I would probably give this like – Upon first time watching it and probably not even really getting it and being like, oh, it's kind of an old movie. Yeah, this is an old movie. I'm watching it in 2002. <laughs> just like, this is old. So I'm going to give it 5.1. 5.1. What about you, Sean? That's kind of the same for me. It was like my dad was a huge, huge fan of this movie. And it would be like a uh, Sunday kind of thing. Like it seemed like every Sunday I woke up, he was already on the couch in his underwear watching this movie. Like it was on TV or something like that. And um, so I would just get up and I would like kind of come into it maybe like the first 10 minutes having gone by already. And uh, but I would still stay up and watch it with him. And I, like AJ, didn't really get any of the jokes, didn't, did like everything kind of flew by me as a kid. I'd probably be the same. I'm, I'm going to say 5.2. Mm. 5.2. I'm, I'm more, I'm closer to Bert's age than you guys are. Mm. So I definitely saw this like VHS for sure. Like yeah. I think we forced yeah. my dad to rent this. Like, yeah. I heard, oh, that hurt. It's funny. And that was 100% the first pair of tits I ever saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Sweet. so so They're automatically great. we're They're a 10. awesome tits. <laughs> Top to bottom, this whole uh. fucking thing. I loved The Gopher. <laughs> I loved Carl Spackler, but didn't get the plot line, didn't understand that. So it's kind of in the middle for me. That's like, I'll call it a 7.5. So overall, as a group, we are a 6.2 nostalgically of any movie we've done. Nostalgic rating, guys. That is just below Planes and Trains and Automobiles. Just above Holy Grail of any movie we've oh, done wow. for for a nostalgic rating, yeah. which doesn't mean much. Rodney Dangerfield, as a kid, stood out to me, and it was the largeness of his character. Yeah. That, and I, I don't, I don't think yeah. I got any of the jokes, but I got the, like, I got the personality. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, in order, we're going to strip this down scene by scene, but first we got to talk about some of the important, like, important, pertinent details of the movie. Sean, hook us up with what you got, man. We got produced by Douglas Kenny and John Peters, written by Douglas Kenny, Harold Ramis, and Brian Doyle Murray. Cinematography by Stephen Larner. Uh, he also did The Twilight Zone, the movie, and a movie called Badlands, which is awesome. You should check out. Directed by Harold Ramis. Cast Chevy Chase, Ronnie Dangerfield, Ted Knight, Michael O'Keefe. Sarah Holcomb, Brian Doyle Murray, Sidney Morgan, and Bill Murray. The film was inspired by the real life of Brian Doyle Murray and his brothers as they actually worked at a golf course when they were teenagers. Some of the characters and scenes were directly inspired by the real life events. The film was shot over 11 weeks in 1979 at the Rolling Hills Golf Club in Davie, Florida. Director Harold Ramis chose this location because... The area did not have any palm trees and wanted the film to feel like it was the Midwest. Nebraska. It's supposed, yeah. <laughs> supposed to be Nebraska. <laughs> it's super hot. You can see the sweat on everybody. It doesn't look like Florida. And I grew up in Florida. Yeah. It doesn't look like Florida. That's good. But it doesn't look like Nebraska either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
Almost all of Caddyshack was improvised. Bill Murray's character, Ronnie Dangerfield's character, as well as Chevy Chase's character were only supposed to be cameos, but Ramis liked them so much he wrote them into more scenes, which cut down on other actors' speaking parts. Improvising almost to a fault when Ted Knight got frustrated that people were messing around and having too much fun on set. The set was just a huge party, as you can feel in the final product. One of the actors, Peter Burkott, Describe the copious amount of cocaine usage as the fuel that kept the film running. <laughs> you can definitely feel that. Uh, Caddyshack was released on July 25th, 1980, and on a budget of $5 million, the film made $60 million at the box office wow. and garnered a sequel. They said, they said the studio started realizing there was a... First of all, they took the filming to Florida because they didn't want studio interference. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. they knew this was going to happen. And yeah. then they started to notice that everyone took their per diem in cash. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that's uh, when yeah. they started to realize that like what are they doing <laughs> what, what are they spending this on and that's yeah like cocaine was ever, they yeah. were doing lines before they before the filming started well they were the, the cast and the crew would like go after parties like on on, on shoots and Harold Ramis was like oh, this is my first movie so I have to be professional and do my shot list the day before and so he didn't go out to any parties and the, the rap party he went to and he got <laughs> obliterated and had to be carried home I guess <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! What I think is fascinating about this movie is, is it was intended to be about the caddies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's it's like a coming of age story. Wasn't it was it? supposed to be about just about the caddies and Danny. Yeah, and and what happened was they started getting these cameos, and the cameos got so big. I mean, there's so much I know about this fucking movie because I've I've watched every documentary, I've read yep. every fucking book. But I think that's the most interesting part is that like. It was just supposed to be about the caddies. Like Chevy Chase was maybe supposed to be like, yeah, we have this moment in the beginning with you and this kind of mentorship thing that's happening. And then <laughs> Chevy started going off script and then we got a couple other ideas lined up for him. And then they were just like, let's just keep rolling with Chevy. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that at one point they said, we don't have a scene with Chevy yeah. and Bill. Right. That's right. And so they were like, well, fuck. Let's write one. Let's write one. And it was all, it was all improvised in the thing. And they didn't think it would work either. Two between I mean, those is, two, they're what's like those, crazy, they're feuding. What's crazy about this movie is like in that scene. By the way, I've, I've quoted that scene, Cannonball, all the time, all <laughs> Cannonball. <laughs> but what's crazy about that scene is it wasn't until I was an adult, and this is the the beauty of this fucking movie is that I didn't know what Sensamia was. It, it, like he's a Kentucky bluegrass Sensamia. <laughs> you know, it's a, you can put play, play, play eighteen on you know, this for Jesuses. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so new for Jesuses. <laughs> I don't think I understood that as a joke. And then in ninth grade, we rewatched this. And the joke that turned it for me, the joke that turned the whole movie for me, where I got the joke, and then I went, Oh, I have I've I've been looking I've been looking too class too close to the to the glass to not see the glass. And then I backed up. The joke that changed it for me was uh big hitter to llama. <laughs> He he was our hits one at the bottom of a glacier, 10, right? Foot yeah, ten thousand foot garage, and he says to me, "There will be no tip." This is the joke. This is the joke that got. He because goes, "On my deathbed." And by the way, I threw a party in college called. He goes, "Unga, gunga, 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 You know what that means? On my deathbed, I will have complete and total consciousness. How fucking terrifying would that be <laughs> to be as you're dying to get on your de- to have be completely conscious of I'm fucking now dying? Like, oh, Medicine doesn't it's work. the worst thing you could ever wish for. And I got my buddy Blake goes, 
That would suck. And I went, what? And he goes, hold on. And we rewound. Well, he said it was cool. Yeah, he and said it, it was yeah, great. Yeah, and we fucking laughed hysterically. And from that moment on, all the jokes hit. They're on their feet at Augusta. There's no fucking seats. No one sits at Augusta. They're on their feet at Augusta. Oh, there's so many fucking jokes. I didn't even that are, think about that. Oh, dude, the whole... Ahoy, Paloy. Do you know Ahoy, what that means? Ahoy, Paloy. Ahoy is what you say. Paloy is the word for common folk. So when he sees the bunch of stoners... the it is the most brilliant statement. Ahoy, Paloy. Uh, 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 hello, we're around ships, you common pieces of garbage. It is the most brilliant fucking movie. Yeah. But that one joke switched it, it for me. It. The deep cuts, man. The deep cuts of dialogue that are, like you said, it's like layers. We kind of mentioned it before, too. There's just like layers like onion, like an onion to this comedy that just layers into this freaking Ninth movie. grade, we sat through and watched this movie. I think we were high and we probably watched it two or three times and picked out all the fucking things that we were like, they were like, oh my God, like this is like, and and they're all these improv, these improv scenes. And then when you see the documentaries and you hear about, I don't know, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm, I no, no, you're, <laughs> dude, yeah, we're getting into it. We'll we, get <laughs> we, we unfortunately have to do this, you know, stuff at the beginning. Here, right? uh, yeah. You're actually going to love this part. So AJ looks up like ratings and reviews of critics. Oh, great. Which is it's <laughs> some of the funniest stuff we talk about because some of these people, it's like, did you actually watch this movie? Because it doesn't make any sense what you're saying. Yeah. So what do you got, man? So that we've, I don't know if we want to do this, if we if we should do this, because oh, I know we yeah. don't have a soundbite, but I think we need to do it. And if Bert, you catch on, I would love for you to join us on this. <laughs> I don't know what's redder, the tomato meter, or their faces in this movie from the heat, but we're about to do the tomato meter. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing now. So. Uh, 72% is what this is rated. Now, it's still certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Critical reviews. I never really understood how Rotten Tomatoes work. It's, it's, it's that percentage is cri- the critics give a rating. Yeah. Only critics. And that becomes a percentage. So 70, 72%, three out of four critics thought this was a great To give movie. an okay, idea, okay. out of the 60 reviews that critics gave for this movie, an average is 72% okay. for that. And they also do an audience score, which they have over 100,000 personal reviews and ratings that equal out to 87%. Yeah, so it makes more yeah. sense. Audiences appreciated this movie more. Of any movie we've done, 72% uh, ties with Batman and Austin Powers. Wait, which Batman? Uh, the Keaton. OG Michael Keaton. Oh, did, you nice. see, did you see the trailer for no. The Flash? No. Then there's He's a new back. movie about The Flash that somehow they like go back in time. They multiverse it. Oh, multiverse it. Guess who Batman is when he goes back? I fucking love it. <laughs> that's how, that's, anyway, my, that's how I know there's a God. <laughs> uh, 7.2 on IMDb, though. That ties with Lost Boys, Major yeah. League, and Tremors of uh, any movie we've done. Lost <laughs> Boys and Major League. My two of my favorite movies. Keep going. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're gonna record those after this. <laughs> uh, so we always do a couple of critical reviews. Uh, I'll start. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start at the top. We'll work our way to the bottom. Uh, and 80 out of 100 was the highest that I could find on this from Empire. He just said, uh, Clark Collis said, "It's not big and it's not clever, but it's very, very, very funny." 
Gene Siskel also said oh, 75 out of 100. He gave it a 75. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's three out of four if you're keeping track, or 300 <laughs> out of 400, or, you know, that's, yep. Oh, I just got another joke. If this is supposed to be out of Omaha, it's so great when Rodney Dangerfield says, hey, it gets great. What time do you do back in Boys Town? Boys <laughs> Town. <laughs> that is exactly. Bo- Boys Town's based in Omaha, Nebraska. Boys Town is based out of Omaha, Nebraska. That's fucking awesome. Wow. Layers. Layers. Uh, Gene Siskel said Caddyshack has a low budget look and warm warmly welcomes the all-important teenage audience that looks like a film they could have made. And everyone associated with the film, in front and behind the camera, is aware that he or she is making a frivolous film. Okay. Still gave it a 75 out of 100. I don't understand. I, I love movies where it looks like they're having fun. Yeah. Like, you can Ooh. tell that the set was, was they're super fun to so, do. So when we... Not to, to distract... <laughs> But so when we were making my movie, The Machine, coming out Memorial Day weekend in theaters, you can pre-sell and get your tickets through the QR code at themachine.movie. See you Thursday with a special um, appearance by Bird. The, uh, what's funny is the, I got there and I was going to not drink. I was going to be sober for the whole production because I wanted to make sure I, I did yeah. a good job. And my director or my producer, Kale, said, uh, he, first night, he's like, hey, you want to go out and get dinner? And I said, I'm, I think I'm going to stay in, get some sleep, get ready for tomorrow. I'm not going to drink. And he went, What? <laughs> I said, I'm not going to drink. And he goes, oh, fuck, you aren't. And he goes, dude, okay, hold on. This is what I can tell you. I'm in a lot of movies, okay? I can tell you this. Uh, you can't tell if this is going to be good or bad. We can't tell. We're, we have no idea. We have no idea. All I know is we're making a movie. What I can tell you is if you're having a good time making this movie, then that shows up on screen. Oh, hell so yeah. if you have a good time, uh, then you'll have a blast. But if you're white-knuckling the entire production and not trying to drink, that's going to show up too. So how about this? You may never get, get to make another movie. Have a fucking blast making this movie. It'll show up on screen. So I fucking partied every single fucking night. I ran four miles every morning, and I had a fucking blast making my movie. It's and it show. shows up. It's it shows show. up Hell that yeah. I'm having a blast. So yeah, it's it's crazy. That's what this vibe gives you, and you, you know, yeah, get it. completely get it. Yes, one hundred percent. So I've got a zero out of a hundred from a critic on here. So Judy Stone from the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, She's got to be dead now, right? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> With a name like so, Judy Sloan. Ju- Judy Stone. Stone. Um, un- unreconstructed fan of, uh, yeah, unreconstructed fans of Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, or Bill Murray might find something to guffaw at in this lame brain movie that purports to be a satire on country club life, but makes everyone looks like look like slobs, except perhaps a little Irish wench named Sarah Holcomb. And the gopher who tears up, tears up the golf course. They should have put the gopher to work on the script. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I was going to say something bad about Judy Stone and, and call her something that starts with either A, B, or C. But then I found out that she dropped out of school to make walkie-talkies during World War II. So I decided okay. that I can't uh, wait, okay. what? I can't do that. <laughs> she, she dropped out of school to make walkie-talkies during World during War II. During World War II. So I was like, well... Movie <laughs> and then started <laughs> reviewing movies. And so then she weird. got a bad taste in her mouth and started review, reviewing movies, apparently, at one point or another. So I was like, whatever. Uh, it's a deep cut for Judy Stone. She didn't like it. Guys, I found some really, really great user reviews. This is, this okay. is what we want. This is what this we want. What we I've only for. reviewed one movie. And what, that was, what was Planet it? of this, like the third Planet of the Apes, or like f- maybe oh, the fourth. Yeah. I don't know which one it was. Like the current one? No, it was, it was like it was like probably like six years, seven years, six years ago. Yeah, you felt the need to say, "I, I need to write a review for no, this." No, <laughs> I got 
I was doing Sirius XM and someone was like, hey, do you want to go watch Planet of the Apes today? And I was like, what? And they're like, we got a bunch of passes for Sirius XM. You're here. Do you want to go watch it? And I was like, yeah, I'll go watch it. And I watched it and it was fucking horrible. <laughs> and it was so bad. And then I came back to do radio and they're like, uh, what did you do today? I go, dude, I saw the shittiest fucking movie I've ever seen. And I trashed it up and down. And someone walked in the room and they're like, cut the fucking mics. Oh, you watched a screener for press. You're not supposed to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? And they're like, no, 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 this one is entitled The Worst Film I've Ever Seen okay. by Sean Kerr. Ever. Okay. And this was in yeah. uh, 2000, the year 2000. This is cringeworthy stuff to the nth degree. The repeated vain attempts at humor are just <laughs> not gr- funny. British. Yes. Uh, I didn't even smile once, never mind laugh. I can't believe I bought the DVD on the strength of the IMDb reviews. Out of the 200 DVDs that I have... <laughs> This is clearly the worst by some margin and easily the worst film I've ever seen. Absolute drivel. 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 Wow. Yeah. So as I kept reviewing or going back and like trying to find more, uh, I found this one. Still the worst movie I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) by a million miles. Sean Kerr in 2002. Oh, my God. Two years later. <laughs> two years. I gave it two years. Well, I tried it. Uh, gave it some time. I almost now I like him almost. Yeah, I, know, right? I almost like him because he goes, real it would be great if he wrote it back. He was like, I just woke up out of a coma. <laughs> yeah. 9-11 happened. Yeah. I thought I'd give it another chance. Yeah. <laughs> he said. He said, I commented on this two years ago after buying the DVD. On you the probably read it. We the, remember, yeah. <laughs> the reviews. At the time, I said it was the worst of my 200 DVDs and worst film I'd ever seen. The only thing I'd like to add to this is that now I have 500 DVDs. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> That's it? That's the end? And it is still, by far, the worst film. I've ever seen. Now I really like this. Yeah. I really <laughs> like this, this guy. He does go on to express himself of like or like like uh, validate himself. I'm a mad keen golfer and love a laugh. And mad it's just, keen, mad golf. keen dog. Oh yeah, we, he's British, right? He's British. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he for must sure. Be, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it's, it's not the topic or the or a sense of humor that eludes me. It's the cringeworthy attempts at jokes, the dreadful acting, the B movie feel, and so on. Scarily bad. Do yourself a favor and watch the Austin Powers or Wayne's World flicks if you want daft comedy daft? or Tin Cup if you're into golf movies. That's wow. like that's like this movie, the, the Tin Cup and Wayne's World is this movie combined. Yes. Yeah. If you like both those movies, you will love Caddyshack. He's the kind of guy that prematurely ejaculates and gets mad at himself and I doesn't enjoy right. it. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still enjoy <laughs> coming fast. Like if you premature ejaculate, it's still yeah. an orgasm. Yeah, it's actually one of the best ones you'll ever have. This guy edges uh, himself, but not on purpose. Yeah, this right? guy's like, a miserable. That's what's cunt. going on. <laughs> a miserable 
miserable yeah. cunt. Can you imagine trying to befriend this guy? <laughs> yeah. And just uh, a little, what do you want to do for dinner? Well. <laughs> by the way, he sounds like Judge Smales. <laughs> he does, <laughs> he yes, yes. the real life Judge Smales. What about my asthma? I have 500. <laughs> he more than doubled his collection in two years. I know. He is definitely He's spalding doing, smells. So, spalding. You could say that this guy's doing well. You know, over these couple of two years. I do have one more. Okay, one more. Uh, So this is uh, a warning to those in possession of a brain. Uh, This is the worst film ever made. Said Sean Kerr in 2004. Wait, what? (laughs) He came back? No. (laughs) Again, two years later. He's got it out. And now I'm starting to think he secretly is in love with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, (laughs) This one got super, super long. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Um, But he does say uh, a category that has some very stiff competition. However, Caddyshack is the clear winner by a good couple of laps. I bought the DVD on the strength of the IMDb reviews. And it's now used as a Frisbee. (laughs) I'll skip to the end here. He does. He does like to say, uh, "I love comedy and films, and I own 750 DVDs." <laughs> there we go. I was wondering. I, was, I really wanted it to up. So he's 250 a year. That's that's a good. That's a good average. He's doing okay. Uh, I love comedy films. And I own 750 DVDs. This though is utter pash. There is light at the end of the tunnel, though. The one good thing to come out of watching this is the sound knowledge that I will never see anything worse as long as I live. Mm. I couldn't find any more from Sean Kerr <laughs> after he reading died. that. I want to find them on Instagram. Yeah, Dude, gonna, I know. If Sean, if you're listening, please add us. Yep. <laughs> well, he boys. this show? You think he's going to like oh, this yes. show? <laughs> yes, he's going to see something. anything yeah. Caddyshack. He sees and he goes, oh, I guarantee I you he's like, He's like, I'm fucking, they're talking about Caddyshack? Are you serious, Caddyshack? Why not Tin Cup or, or maybe <laughs> Wayne's World? Wayne's World. Why Gosh. not Happy Gilmore? Like, what's going on? I don't get it. Let's hope this show comes out on DVD. <laughs> 751. <laughs> all right. Well, other than sharing this podcast to friends, following us on all our social media platforms, and buying our merch from confusedbreakfast.com, one of the best ways to support this podcast is to join our amazing patreon community it's the space where you can not only support us but you get all the extra stuff that you want out of this podcast you sign up today you get immediate access to our private discord channel you get to vote on upcoming movies and you get to hear weekly bonus episodes that is weekly once a week Uh additional bonus episodes we have a backlog of like a hundred hours now of really fun conversations for you to listen to uh most recently we talked about movies that like we don't think it's enough praise. Kind I thought of underrated. That, I thought that was a cool conversation. Underseen. Yeah, check that out. It's gonna be mm. a good time. Get all that by signing up at patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast. And before we proceed, we gotta talk about our amazing sponsor, Cedar Ridge Whiskey. Oh yeah. Homegrown deliciousness from right in our backyard in Iowa. They are just climbing the ranks of most established and amazing and desirable whiskeys made in America. And we love them. We drink them every episode. Sean's pouring a glass right now. Popping bottles. We think you should try it. You should try their their flagship bourbon. You should try their American quintessential single malt, which is way better than scotch. You should try their collaboration with Slipknot. Fuck yeah, Number dude. nine. Uh, yeah. Nine. Nine. <laughs> Nine. You want to go play nine? Nine. You want to go play nine holes? Go get nine in. After a slipknot number if, nine? If we could, yeah. 
Yeah, so check that out. Go to your local store. Go to your local distributor. Try to get some Cedar Ridge. If they don't have it, go to CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. Order some straight to your door. There's so many people out there that are that are ordering it and telling us they love it. So I think it's your turn. Yes. Now. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 Well, boys, I've got a little poem that I'd like to read in honor of this occasion, if I may. It's easy to grin when Bert comes in and you've got the other movie podcast beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when chlorine-soaked duty he must eat. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, Pookie, here we go. Danny Noonan wakes up, eats breakfast with his large family, and then rides his bike to work as a caddy at the upscale Bushwood Country Club. Danny caddies around a golfer, Ty Webb. We also meet Carl Spackler, the greenskeeper, as well as all the other caddies working at the club. Danny and Denunzio get in a fight. I'm going to ask you, Kenny Loggins, I'm all right in this intro. What are your thoughts on this? Brilliant, and I'll tell you why. Brilliant, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, it goes from... Uh, the wide shot of watching, of seeing the golf course, seeing the golf course, and then getting over, over getting to Danny's house, and then you hear it on the radio yep. inside mm, Danny's yep. house, yes. which I fucking mom, Danny saw me naked, <laughs> and and there's such a confusing storyline to this because who the fuck are these kids? Are they running a halfway house? Because the one kid sits down next to breakfast next to the dad. Who are you? And he goes, who the hell are you? He goes, I'm Lisa's kid. Who the fuck's Lisa? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's just a confusing thing. But I love that technique of the music going in and then on the radio. And then when he climbs out and gets on the bike, it comes back in. I love that. I counted 15 kids. I went back oh and counted. Really? I think it's a play on like the Irish Catholic family yeah. of just having so many kids in you the think, house. That's I, what I think they're I doing. I thought it was like a foster home kind of situation. Wow, that, well, that and makes sense uh, the, the Murray family, the, that was, it's they're a like play. seven kids, right? Yeah, I think this Brian was a Bill? play on like the whole Murray family as a whole. Really? Yeah, because uh, well, yeah. Brian Doyle Murray like was the primary writer of it. Yeah. And like it's they had a big family. There was like seven or eight of them. And I bet there were times that the, there were kids that sat down at the dinner table at the breakfast oh. at breakfast and his dad's like, Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, that but that, I thought that was cool. Uh it's such a great it's amazing how athletic he is too, because he climbs down the fire escape, gets on the bike, and you're like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like he does it with ease. I wonder how many does. times he shot that. I was, I was watching it again today and I'm like, Did they there has to be a story where he just fucking biffed it one of the one of those times? Oh. But maybe not. I don't know. Can I mention it seems very unnecessary for him to go back upstairs to go out down the fire? Like Why did I go out the front door? <laughs> he was changing. Seems a little like over the top. Are you sneaking top. out? They know you're leaving. They know you you're told leaving. Him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did read about Kenny Loggins. So he was, he was in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. That's yeah. how he was famous. Yeah. This was his first song as a solo artist that actually charted. And he wrote it for the movie. They showed him a screening of it, and, he's, and he wrote this song as part of the movie. It hit number seven on the Billboard charts, which then then set him off to greatness. I mean, you really? got Danger Zone, you got Danger Zone, Footloose. Oh yeah, like this Zone. was the song that actually made Kenny Loggins the guy highway, for soundtracks. Yeah. Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, life is a highway. <laughs> highway no, way, to the a, Danger Zone. I never realized what a brilliant song Footloose is. Yeah, because I, I, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I just thought Footloose. 
Footloose. Yeah, it's the name but, of the movie. Yeah, but it's like it's like Footloose. When you dance, your feet are loose. Like Footloose. Like it's just such a cool. And like if you're not a dancer, you got you got tight feet. Like like I just that's so cool. Well, and think you know like being on an aircraft carrier is probably pretty dangerous. I feel like highway yeah. to the danger. Yeah. I feel like when I'm golfing, I feel pretty all right. I think I think I'm I do. I'm all right. You know when I'm out here with some friends, got a beer. I'm I'm all right. I'm, I wouldn't I'm mind right. a mashup with some hardcore hip hop with those lyrics. Mm. Yeah. You know, like like if Puffy could, I mean, I bet Puffy's. I used to do this thing on on stage where I'd play uh, Sister Christian, and I would say, oh, if any yeah. black person in this room <laughs> can name the band who sang this song, I'll pay for your entire dinner. I'll pay for everything, all your drinks, and you would watch black dudes go. The Beatles, <laughs> Shit. Rolling Stones, like they had never heard They're of these bands. They bands. had never heard a Beatles song, and they were like, uh. Uh, no uh, one ever got it. Uh, you never, never, <laughs> never. The cultural divide when it comes to music is astounding. Yeah, and it's natural, and it's natural. Yeah. It's a normal cultural divide that, like, like there. I mean, I remember being with, uh, talking about Snoop, and he was talking about uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, mm. and I'd never heard of them. I'd never heard of them, and he, but that's something he grew up yes. on. Which is, I, I like, you I, never heard of that. No, I never, yeah. I never really heard of them. Then you hear them and you go, oh, I've heard this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but then I would get the whole audience would be singing. I played on my phone and then I turn off and the whole audience, Sister Christian. Oh, hell yeah. I'm motoring. <laughs> um, but yeah, Footloose is a fucking, or uh, uh, I'm all right. It's all a right. badass song. It's such, so it good. amps me up for some reason when this movie starts and it's got the slow motion, like the the water. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like something from like coming to America. Like it sounds like kind of uh, like jungle ish yeah. kind of, and then it like comes comes in with that uh, sprinkler with the yeah. shaker. That was what I noticed right away. It was like they start that shaker right with the sprinkler, yeah. and yep. I was like, "Now I'm in." I was yeah, like, "This, this is, is so great!" Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he's riding past all the rich mansion houses, and you're just like, "I'm uh, every." There's some movies that you turn on that you've seen a million times, and you're just like, "I just don't have time for this." But yeah. this is a movie where you hit play. And you're like, well, we're we're watching the we're whole in. thing. We're I'm in. ready. Yeah. And yeah. then you and then you get the scene with you we're introduced to Ty Webb. And I mean, this is where this is where the quotability of this movie. It might be one of the most quoted movies ever. Like how many times do you say, Do you take drugs, Danny? Every, Every day. day. Well, then what's the problem? <laughs> well, let's see what the problem is. <laughs> what's the problem, Danny? <laughs> a flute with no holes is not a flute. Like, is that kind Russia? of stuff. This isn't Russia. This is Russia. I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't think it was. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I, I have a theory here. I think that Bill Murray doing the scene you talked about, Gunga Galunga, the llama, yeah. I think if you had to pick one thing, everything Bill Murray did in life is gone and erased forever, but you have one thing. I think it's this. I think this is the best Bill Murray scene of all time. Him just ranting at this kid with a pitchfork. Yes, a real pitchfork, by the <laughs> way. I, I think this in his role. neck, in his throat. By the way, it's it's, it's, it's Denunzio's brother. Yeah. Yes. In, real, yeah. in real life? No, no, no. In no, in the just movie. like in the no, movie, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, am I wrong here? Do you not think that this is one of the funniest? Speeches, scenes yeah. of all time. Oh, it's, it's and it's com you can tell it's completely improvised. Yeah, completely oh, yeah. improv. So at least I got that going for me. Yeah, big hitter, the llama, <laughs> a looper, caddy, a, a looper, a looper. <laughs> anyway, so there's a looper over in Tibet. That's where I jump ship. Yeah, yeah their golf courses yeah. in Tibet. Yeah, a looper. <laughs> I really, I, I think like uh, Bill Murray playing characters and like because older Bill Murray, like even in uh, Groundhog Day, seems 
like more like Bill Murray. This is the best. He right. seems like his person. And like a movie like this, he's playing a, a weird character who just stands out so much. And every time he's on screen, it's fascinating. I think you may have you may have found Rodney Dangerfield's opus as well. Yes. I don't think he's what ever, scene is it? No, I think even even just if you just look at these characters, and when you said that, I thought out of all the Bill Murray movies, and there's a lot of great Bill Murray movies. What's the scene, right? Like, what the, is that Bill uh, Murray what, scene? Bill Murray scene has got well, my okay. I, if you're saying best scene is best scene is uh, him hitting okay. daisies. Okay, we'll get to that one. You're right. <laughs> oh, yes, that yes. might be that might be because the one that, that could know, knock me off. You know that he was doing that. He was doing that improvising, and someone was like, "Grab the camera." Oh they, wow! They gave him like one line of direction or something, and yeah. he just goes, "All right." Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, this might be uh, the best Bill Murray character ever. Might be the best Rodney Dangerfield character ever. Yeah. It's definitely the best Ted Knight character ever. <laughs> no, no, oh, God. definitely the best fucking Michael O'Keefe character ever too. I don't do think he's done anything else. Do you think too? Like, because I used to hate Ted Knight so much in this uh, his character. Sorry, Smales. Yeah. But Smiles. like, I feel like the older I get. I feel like I relate more to Smales in this movie. Like, oh, oh, think about yeah. it. Think about it. You, they make him out to be a goon, and in reality, like he all he's trying to do, he's worked hard his whole life, yep. and and all he's trying to do is enjoy his life. He's going to this country club. You get this obnoxious dude showing up, just ruining his golf game. <laughs> gophers are tearing up his golf. course. They're building condominiums. The gophers are driving into his golf course. The one thing he loves, he gets a little bit of money and he buys himself a modest boat, something for him and his wife to spend their Saturdays on. And this obnoxious. Just rich dude. This should be a, a Cobra Kai. They yes! should do. Yes! Um, they should do a series about a young Judge Smales, and 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 just and and all these. And I, I just think you're right. It's, Judge Smales is the hero in this. He has, he has his, done nothing wrong. He has his, done nothing his brother wrong. pawned his niece off on him for the summer. He's like, I gotta take care of Lacey he's, now. He's, he's, he, he's, yeah, he took he's, that upon himself. Yeah, to do that. He's about to tee off, and this fucking obnoxious <laughs> guy goes, hundred dollars says you slice. Yeah, and he's like, I gambling to leave it. Uh, and I, I never, never slice. No, <laughs> oh, he gets hit in the testicles with a golf ball. This is this yeah, is not his fault. I should have called two. <laughs> I mean, all these characters that we loved. Uh, uh, I was good friends with their father. My my father hated you, Smales. Like he he was like he thought he had friends. Yeah, Ty Webb's dad hated him. He thought they were friends. He is he is the real quintessential hero in this movie. That everything's landing on him, mm-hmm. and yet for whatever reason we hated him. But he's now just, he's just trying to facilitate a good time at yeah. his at his golf under course. the rules, which are are fine. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. It's just rules. Rodney Dangerfield. He's married to the same woman. Yeah. She's old as shit. He never cheated on her. He nope. never left her. He's raised. A, he, he's surrounded by his brother's kids. Yep. Uh, I'll have a hot dog. <laughs> you get nothing and like it. <laughs> I forgot about Spalding. Spalding. Spalding's not his yeah. kid. Spalding's it's not his kid. He's, he's burdened with everyone's fucking kids. <laughs> his first name is Elihue. I'm he had to live with that his whole morning. life. <laughs> I'm playing tennis this morning. No, you're, no, you're, you're playing? playing golf. What about my asthma? I'll take <laughs> asthma. His <laughs> asthma. It's like tennis would be worse for your asthma than golf. You <laughs> asshole. What about like, my asthma? <laughs> I mean, Walking really, honestly, is, uh, uh, there's <clears throat> the poor fucking guy. That's what I'm yeah. saying, man. I never saw it that way. <laughs> he has he has few pleasures in life, and and they're being this ripped away from him slowly modest. but surely. He's a judge. I've put yeah. I've put boys younger than you. I've sent boys younger <laughs> than you. The guy. <laughs> uh, well, the world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. <laughs> The There's world nice needs try, ditch Danny. diggers too. There's the world needs ditch diggers too. I mean, too. we do. We do. It's the truth. Like, not everyone gets to go to law school. <laughs> not everyone gets to go to law school. 
everyone gets to go. The fuck are you like? It's hard to get in the law school. It's not what are you easy. Doing Sunday, Danny. <laughs> Why don't you mow my lawn? But he does try to take this Danny kid under his he wing. Is. All he asks is that. Hey man, can you follow the rules also? And Danny's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> hey, fuck I know you. you. I'm gonna fuck your niece. I know you're banging my niece, niece in my bed. In your bed, <laughs> and then I'm gonna look at your wife naked. That's a me tooable thing. <laughs> this fucking Danny's a cunt, and fucking Judge Bales is a goddamn saint for what he's got put up with. That's all there we're saying is. is just humanize the goons here. You heard Judge it here Smale. first. You heard it here okay. first. Okay. <laughs> God, man, that, I don't know if I'll be able to watch Caddyshack. <laughs> That's the brow. This is what happens. <laughs> Good God. There's another, there's another couple that I appreciated a lot on this rewatch, Mr. and Mrs. Haverkamp, oh, yeah. the old couple. Yes. And from what I've heard. Oh, I'm sorry. Life goals? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. what? Getting old Mr. together? Mr. Haverkamp. Mr. Haverkamp. He's over here. I'm hot today. <laughs> Getting old and confused together? I love that. That's a peach, hon. <laughs> I don't know why I love And they come up later in the movie, too. They're yeah, in they the... Do. Uh, the they show up at Smale's house for tea, and they're like, oh, are yeah, we yeah, still yeah. having tea? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about simple pleasures, right? <laughs> he invited the Haverkamps, older than him, yes. over to their house for tea. Yeah, Smales is a goddamn hero. <laughs> He's a saint. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, one other thing I noticed on this rewatch, too. Do you notice Brian Doyle Murray is thin and lean? He's yeah. man. great. Yeah. He looks uh, like an alternate universe Andrew McCarthy. Can I tell you what, Ooh, really yeah. upset, what really upset me? I'm fatter than Rodney Dangerfield in this movie. In real life, I always thought he was the big fat guy. In yeah, movie. he's the fat guy. I'm fucking fatter than real life Rodney Dangerfield, and I expect to live longer than him. <laughs> and he did coke and smoked and drank and smoked weed. Mother, I, I, That was the one thing I noticed when I watched this movie. I, well, he, he is. I, I think I noticed it, honestly, for like everybody. And I feel like I noticed it for everybody. It just it goes back to show. I I said this uh, I said this to my wife like while watching it. I was like, you have to keep in mind this movie was forty two years ago, forty three years half, ago. Almost. Yeah, y- yeah. Jesus. That you're just like, whoa. And that's it's a long time. You know, Chevy Chase looks great. You know, in in he the movie great. and yeah. whatnot. Like really good. And then like you think about that, and you're like Rodney Dangerfield. Like, is it weird that I feel like that's a goal for me this year to get that swim because <laughs> it kind of is Ronnie Dangerfield's in great shape Smales is in great shape yeah. everyone Smales Chevy Chase good. if you uh, this is going to sound silly but I think in one of his back swings or in one part I noticed a tricep yeah. I was like, he's oh, a, yeah he's like a, he's a leading man He's a, he goes on to be a, a leading man but he could have been like I mean uh, yeah that Lacey Andros how old so she's in oh man did, well that's my question for you. Let's yeah. let's talk scene two and then let's get into yeah, Lacey. Okay, yeah. So this episode is sponsored by Better Help. Oh hey everybody, it's Mike. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I am 40 years old and I've definitely not taken the traditional path of life. I've waited until now to have my first child. That was just a terrible decision. I've tried to carve out a career in music and podcasting where it is extremely cutthroat and not a lot of money and millions of people do it. So basically everything I do is pretty unorthodox, but it comes across as glamorous online, right? It's exciting online. The reality is, is that's just the face I put on. That's the face that all of us put on when we're on social media. Underneath, I will be honest with you, I have problems. I have anxieties. I have depressing thoughts, just like everyone else. When I started listening to Bert's podcast a couple years ago, um, I was amazed at how honest he was about therapy. And truthfully, listening to him talk about about it so openly made me want to try out therapy. 
Obviously, getting to know yourself is a lifelong process because we're always growing and changing. This is why it's so important to use therapy to deepen your self-awareness and understanding. We don't know what we truly want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. That's what I've been learning. If this sounds like something you want, better help is here for you. They connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. That's one of the coolest things. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief, a brief, a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com/confusedbreakfast today to get ten percent off your first month. That is a great way to just try it and see if this is something you want to do. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/confusedbreakfast. Thank you so much to this great company for sponsoring us. If you want to help yourself and help the podcast. Go to BetterHelp today. Check them out. Link in the show notes. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Discover more about Caddyshack right now. Judge Smales meets Al Cervic and immediately dislikes him after he causes a scene on the golf course. Danny tries to get in good with the judge to win a golfing scholarship. We meet Danny's girlfriend, Maggie, as well as Lacey Underall and Smales' niece. Uh, that's my question. How old is Lacey supposed to be in this movie? She's, she has, she's under her parents' control. So let's find out. Well, how old is the actress now? What does she look like oh, now? Uh, she's not she's, bad looking she's now. Still a, she, she's still a I have a hard show. time watching a lot of these movies these days because all I think is they're dead. <laughs> they're like, dead. That's, that's, Dude, uh, I know. Like, that hurts. The Havercamps? <laughs> I know. Havercamps didn't make it much longer. They, they, they did not. Cindy Wilson, she's 65 now? Is that well, what you she's said? She's younger than my parents. So 42. So she was uh, 23. But I think, I think her character is supposed to be like 17. Oh really? I mean, why why would she be under her parents' control and like her parents sent her away? Oh yeah. So she's like maybe just graduated high school. It's got to be yeah. Which makes it even weirder. The Ty Webb's probably what thirty five. Well, you could fuck high school girls back then. You could. Yeah. No big deal. No. I mean, obviously, sorry. Oh, Cindy Morgan. Cindy Morgan. Now Wilson. So I knew a lot of girls who dated like twenty five year old dudes when I was in high school. A lot of fifteen, sixteen year old girls. It was very common. By the way, that and that, like that—that's what's crazy is now. I mean, fucking Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin who was thirteen, <laughs> right? So like that—that that was very, was very fine. common, very common. We were having dinner with my uh, our best friends. I won't say anyone's names. So I don't want to get anyone <laughs> in trouble. But our best friends and, and and our daughters and our best friend, a female. Uh, it's really good if I tell you the fucking name. <laughs> it's really good if I tell you the fucking name. We can bleep it it's, out. We can. It's, we can definitely bleep it out. Uh, so they were saying at dinner, our yes. friend was saying she dated this guy, the guy I just mentioned. Okay. Uh-huh. And and someone's like, wow, wait, how old is she? She's like, oh, he's like 65. And they're like, or 60 or something. And they're like, wait, well, how old were you when you dated him? She's like 14. And they're like, all the girls, all the little girls at the table were like, well, hold on, hold on. He was like 20 something and you were 14? And she was like, yeah, I actually moved to, uh, to dot, dot, dot with him. And we like lived together for a period of time. And they were like, hold on, mom. They were like, mom, you... You said we can't do that. Yeah, you, you were raped. And she was like, no, 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 no. It was different back then. And they're like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, so it wasn't. 14. And then all of a sudden, she looked at her daughter and went, was 14 Whoa. and was like, oh, yeah, that would be fucked up. But, it was, <laughs> but it was back then, it was just completely acceptable. So this is just, this is so just fine. I, so I'm not going to throw the red flag. It's not like, it's not like Revenge of the Nerds where oh, the God. straight up rapes the girl. <laughs> right. it's, but I think this is one of those things where you got to fuck children back then. 
it's it's weird. I mean, you got to say that. You just got to get it. You were allowed to have sex with children back then. Forty-three years ago, totally cool, totally cool. You were allowed to do the old switcheroo where you blindfolded the girl, and then the next your buddy came in and finished. That was allowed. That was allowed. What was the cutoff? What was the cutoff? You think like nineteen eighty? I think it was like ninety-four. Maybe that's when we're like, hold up. Yeah. Well, I know for me, I know for me, it was in high school. I remember someone was like, "Why don't you hide in the closet?" And I was like. I don't think I want to have sex with someone that doesn't have sex with me. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, we do it all the time. Fuck I was like, pussy. Nah. <laughs> I was like, nah. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and we talk just, about it all the time. It's just like, yeah. you know, it, it was the 80s or it was the 70s. It's no, like, like, you know, you and your buddies, you used to get around and hang out. And like you got into, your, you know, you were hanging out, having a lot of Mountain Dew. And you got together <laughs> and then one of you started jerking off. And that's just kind of what happened. But yeah, it, when you were younger, though, right? Yeah, yeah, when, when you were, you were younger. younger. It's fine. I was with a buddy. I was with a buddy. I, I wish I could remember his name. I'm so sorry. I'm going to misquote him. And he was like, he was like, do you ever run into your high school friends and they start telling stories about high school? And it kind of is like, hey, man, remember in high school when you used to commit hate crimes? Yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah, but that was the, that was the, uh, all the premises of all these movies. Yeah, that was the formative years of our childhood. Was like was like oh, it's okay to raid the girl's house and see them <laughs> put naked, cameras in there, put cameras in their house. Because you're smart, boys will be boys. It's okay if you're if smart enough to figure this out. If a girl gets <laughs> drunk, have you put her in the back of a friend's limo and drive her around for the day and take pictures? It's normal. I mean, that was and I'm lucky. I'm lucky that, like, I dodged the... There's, there are some kids that were like, this is how it works. This yeah. is fine. <laughs> yeah, oh, what are you talking about? It was in Caddyshack. But no, Lacey <laughs> it was in Caddyshack. Rawls, how old was she when she made the movie? So we goes, said she was 23. I got you here. So uh, let's it, say she's 19. Let's just let's say 19. Let's say he's 19. Is that one of the best-looking pairs of tits behind a shirt that you've ever seen in your life when she walks out on the golf course? Uh Oh, Completely brawless. Yeah, a hundred percent. She's sixty eight right now. Oh, so so she was twenty. So she was twenty eight. No, this came out in eighty two years ago. Forty two years ago, they shot it in seventy nine. I can't do math. I, you know, it's whatever. She, you know, um, she's good. I want to. I want to ask you what what is the general comedian thought on Ron, Rodney Dangerfield? Like, oh, legend. Completely legend, right because this was his legend. first. He didn't know anything. He did, well, he did more for he. Did, I think it was his first movie. He did more for comedians than anyone. He did more for comedy. He introduced the world to Andrew Dice Clay and to, and to um, Sam Kinison. The Ronnie Dangerfield Young Comedian Specials were the biggest thing in comedy, and oh. Ronnie Dangerfield changed comedy. I think for the better for all of us. Uh, he's a legend, absolute legend, and jokes per minute, fucking brilliant. Oh, it's oh crazy. God. His stand up. If you ever go back and listen to Ronnie Dangerfield stand up, it's Top notch. I mean, it's the fucking best. He's a fucking legend. Did you hear? Did you hear that he? This was his first role, so he had no clue what he was doing. I so, love this. so yeah. they would be like, they'd be like, action, and he would just stand there, action, and he stand there, and then they go, hey, something the matter? He goes, no. He he didn't even know what action meant. So yeah. so apparently they told him they go, do your bit. All right, like, Rodney, is oh, it time bet. to do my bits? He goes, oh yeah, I'll do my oh, bits. Do my yeah. bit. He wasn't acting; he was just doing bits. Yeah, <laughs> That's and, all he was doing. And in this the movie. other really interesting thing, which I'm sure you already know, and if you're listening and you don't, this is amazing, is that on a set it's silent, and so he thought he was bombing because <laughs> no one was laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh so my god! They had to pull Harold Ramos had to pull everyone aside and go, "Hey, can you just laugh when he does this next one to make him feel better?" Because he's like, "I'm bombing up here." 
because everyone was being quiet. So then he'd have them laugh, and then everyone and then they get rolling, giving the confidence. And it's totally true. For me, I would do a set and a scene, and I would be like, "Was that any good?" Because you don't you're used to feedback. And then when you did get laughing, it would break it. That meant it was brilliant. The real genius is the people who can be funny <laughs> and not laugh because I I'm not that guy. Nope. Yeah, it, it, that's that's crazy to me. Like you can see him like especially like the dinner scene and everything. Oh. Like him just like going up to every person and hey, how are and telling one bit like each. And they're like, I don't know what to think because it was like all improv. Pretty yeah. much, they, they had no idea that he was going to do any of this. They did that to me in the in the in the machine. They wanted me. There's a scene where I walk through the party. And I say something to everyone. And they go, "Give us a Rodney Dangerfield scene," and uh, and my wife is in it. My wife's in the scene, and cool. uh, nice. she's she plays a bitch. <laughs> and uh, and I and I did I did one take of one line. I'll spoil it now. It's fu- it's my favorite line I did. I'm talking to my real wife in the scene, and she goes, uh, "Don't look now. Uh, some someone's mom, Shoshana's mom, is behind you." And I went, oh, I fucking hate that one. She goes, be nice. She's going through a divorce. And I was like, oh, and that's all she says in the scene. So then I walk by and my wife says, because it's one of my big problems. If people have beer at a kid's party and there's and, I, and at this party, I don't have beer. She goes, hey, Kreischer, no beer. And I go, hey, Sasha's mom, no husband. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, got, it got a big fucking laugh. And uh, and. Thank God they were on me because right. Leanne fucking <laughs> lost it. And so, but I go through the party and I have to say, <clears throat> I go, I, I, it's, it's, it's my Rodney yeah. Dangerfield moment. You'll see it in the movie, but I like, there's boys. I talk to these two boys. Hey. It's fucking, it was like one of my favorite things I ever did. But they were like, do one if you can. And so I was like, fuck. So they, we got a steady cam following me and I just walked through the party and I, one of it's in the trailer is my cousin comes up and goes, "Hey, the machine." I go, "Not needed, not today, brother." <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's yeah, that's that. But it's all inspired off Rodney Dangerfield. He was a genius. His it's, awesome. and I don't, I don't. Every time I watch this movie, I pick up on another joke. I Though I didn't even know that. Hey, do you want your driver? No, he's not my type. Nice. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. what? Hey, can you make a shoe smell? <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, park the car and gain some weight. Gain some yeah, weight. Get, get a real hair. Get yourself a real. Buy, buy yourself a real hair. Yeah. I can still see the jockey, the marks where the jockey hit it on the. He's talking about horse meat. Horse meat, dog food. Dog food. Uh, I did want to point out how how this really does pinpoint golf pretty well. Like when when Judge Smales is getting on the tee and he's doing his routine. And he just keeps getting yes, lower I and lower that. and lower and lower, and then he pulls this cub. That is that is everyone's golfed with a guy like that. You're like, just yeah. fucking step up and swing. Oh man. my my dad, my dad would lose his shit if you take practice swings. <laughs> my dad loses his fucking mind. My dad goes four four practice swings. What the fuck are you doing? You just played four rounds of golf. By the end of the day, you'll have played four rounds of golf. Yeah, you're, you're wasting your energy. <laughs> fucking stand up. Hit the ball to this day. My, ready golf. What the fuck are we doing? Ready, ready golf. golf. Dad, That's right. My dad, <laughs> my dad is, says the same My dad, thing. ready golf. My dad can play a round of golf <laughs> in no lie, an hour and 15 minutes. A round of golf. He plays. We used to play when we were kids. We would be the first tee timeout, 610. It would still be d- missed oh, and yeah. the sun's coming oh, yeah. up. On Saturday and Sunday, 610, get on the course, and we would be eating breakfast at 730. And, uh, and uh, my dad, play, and we would play with two <laughs> other dudes. My dad played so fucking fast. <laughs> 
I think that's the way. That's why I don't golf that much is it takes eight hours of my day or something like that. I feel you like know? if there's someone, especially someone behind you, like I'm just like, oh, God. Rodney okay, Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah, well, there's not, it's, I don't know what's worth, worse is that you have somebody like that in your group or you're dealing with somebody like that ahead of you or behind you or yeah. something like that, that you're just like, if you if you're if they're ahead of you and they're doing that and you're watching them, especially if you've rolled up on them and you're like, <sighs> oh. <laughs> I don't know if I could say something here, but I need to say something here. If I'm like, watch, if I'm standing in the fairway and I'm watching a boot, bunch of dudes wait for one dude to putt. Oh I'm my god! It. And if I'm watching them, whoever's away putts first, I start going, <laughs> "Come on, come on! What the fuck are we doing?" It isn't the fucking open, people. Like, just fucking putt. Yeah. If you're over your ball, putt. Yeah. If you're in the... Sa- I don't Ready need whoever's away. Oh, my God. My dad will lose his shit. <laughs> it's like, I get that you want some... There, some people want some etiquette and stuff in, yeah. in a game. Like, you know, like smales and whatnot. But it's just like... It's like, everyone's out here to have fun. You're not on the fucking PGA, bro. Like, let's go. We, let's we, go. When we played in Serbia f- w- during the movie, we were with I was with the ex- my executive, and he's like, "Let's play golf. You're any good? I'm surprisingly really good at golf, like very surprisingly." And uh, the first hole, I get up and I drive the green. <laughs> he's oh my like, God. "What the fuck?" And we're playing with used clubs, used clubs, yeah, not I, fit to you at all. Just yeah, whatever. But it's, it's Serbia. They don't care. Take care of their fucking course. So you're, <laughs> it hits. It's like hitting fucking concrete. Yeah. So like, I drove like eight of the eighteen greens. And that's not even the par threes. And I was like, and he was like, you're amazing at golf. I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm better than people think. Yes. Yeah. I'm better I, than you thought. I feel, <laughs> I, I relate to that because I feel like that any, any like sport that's like brought upon me, like even hockey, I played goalie in, in hockey and I just get out there and they're like, oh, wow, you're surprisingly good. I'm like, I just do it. Oh, dude, I just hit a home run at my high school's uh, batting practice. No Have shit. you seen that? Huh? Oh, no. I hit a fucking, I go out for batting practice. <laughs> you just. And I'm Jack 50 years run. old, and I fucking hit a home run. And they're like, these kids are like, the fuck. <laughs> and by the way, I, I get, I get back, I get back, and and uh, someone else said like, you, do you really hit a home run? And I was like, yeah. And they're yeah. like, how? The fuck. <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm, just, I'm. Rogan said it one time. He's like, if you count out Bert, you're making a mistake. Yes, I heard I just, that. Yeah, and 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 because like on that clip, I was with Snoop, and I was I was had a bow and arrow. We were on the set of uh, Go Big Show. And I had a bow and arrow, and I said, I, I think I can hit a bullseye from about, I think I was about maybe maybe 30 yards away, 20, 25 yards away. And, and Snoop was like, no fucking way, and I hit a bullseye. But just I have weird, sneaky, yeah, yeah. good eye-hand coordination, sneaky, good. <clears throat> I also have this like mentality where I go, I'm not going to fucking give up. I mean, I t- trust me, my hands were bloody yeah. by the time I hit that fucking home run. I took like 25 shots. <laughs> we were there for a while, right, Pete? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move this on. So scene three, that night, Al Servit causes a scene at the country club dinner while Carl Spackler continues, continues his quest to kill the gopher. The next day, Danny wins the caddy tournament. All the caddies take over the country club pool and cause chaos. Ty and Lacey hook up that night. I want to ask you guys best line from Rodney Dangerfield in this dinner scene. I think I have two two thoughts. Okay. Want to make fourteen dollars the hard the way? Hard way. Yeah. That's and a great. <laughs> that's a great great line. And you must have been something before electricity. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, my favorite. Like, that's my favorite. I you must love, have been something before I electricity. I love uh, this is the dance of the dead. 
Because it's the end of like that one shot of him like touching everybody and yeah. doing the line to everybody, and it's, it's he comes up to like the dance floor and he's like, "Oh, look, it's a dance of the dead." Yeah, I love that. The, or the guy he comes away from the dinner table. He's like, "Hey, the graveyard is two yards that two, two blocks that way." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to speak to like the kind of the direction of this as well. Like Harold Ramis, it's pretty simple, but it's also very cool to to watch him. Like especially like the the first with Michael O'Keefe and uh, Chevy Chase. It's that it's that uh, shot of them walking down the green and talking. Yeah, and he's just kind of slowly zooming out, and he just he does a lot of wonders in this too, where it's just like let the performers do what they do. Oh yeah, and then you you'll be good. Like just pick a shot and like either zoom out or zoom in or just kind of stay on them. And that's a brilliant that's a brilliant statement because that's cool as a, like I was talking to Adam Devine about this. It, a director who allows improv and kind of sticks with one shot and goes, let's just do you, the whole thing's the fucking wide. The whole thing's the yeah. wide. We don't need tights. Let's just get the fucking scene. Right. Really cool. Um, I'm, I'm, this, this is, this is who I am today. So like out of all the characters, you know, when I look at where I am, I am Rodney Dangerfield to a T at any fucking event I go to. I'm him <laughs> at dinner. I'm, I, I, when I go to my daughter's, when I go to my daughter's uh, silent auction at school, I'm him to a T. Like it's, it's to silent. a T. So no, 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 no. It, 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 you, it, the silent. So we did one where you put bids on the silent auction yeah, yeah, board, yeah. and then they do out loud bids. I uh, sister Donna sat next to me this year and said uh, and said I just want to see it for myself. And I said what? She see goes what? See what I do. <laughs> I spent ten thousand dollars. On a trip for four nuns to go to Cabo for a week. <laughs> Seriously, I I, Hell spent, yes. I spent roughly. I'm not even joking. I probably spent about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars at this uh, at this auction. <laughs> I bought everything. I bought everything. No one bought anything. No one. Bu- and I bought things I didn't even want. No, I I have a trip. I have a trip to Bali. I have a trip. I have trips to Montana, Bali, Cabo. I bought everything. I bought four bikes. I I already. I don't even ride bikes. The girls stop riding bikes. Drive cars now. Like I bought everything. But I have that Rodney Dangerfield character is who I am. Okay, therapy session here. Is that because you want to be him, or is that because you think everybody wants you to be turned? No, it's beyond. I want to be him. Okay, you want it. You're like. I, I I want to be the guy. I loved when I watched him as a kid go through places and kind of stir up, yeah, stir up the establishment. I loved that, and the idea that he has so much money, he doesn't care. They've got to take him. That's who I am now. Yeah. Like I have, I have so much money now that <laughs> no ha- one, they can't say no. No one can say no to me because they need my money. <laughs> like that's I, a that's a powerful place to be. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I get. I go to any. I do it. I do it everywhere. I do it, the first day Pete worked for me. I'm not even joking. It was at a golf tournament. I had a hurt arm, and a, gr- a group of guys who paid ten thousand dollars to play golf with me. And I said, I can't play golf, but I'll drink with you. So guys from Loudmouth, yeah. they make they make gr- great clothing. And so, um, and then we went to an auction. And this is my move. And I, this, I have a bit about this in my special, the machine that's airing right now. We go to an auction a raffle, and I bought all the raffle tickets. I bought all of them, and all I didn't tell anyone. And I just <laughs> and I sat down. Am I, am I, how accurate am I about this? 
And I sat down, and they called the first prize, and I didn't win the first prize. They called the first prize, and I didn't win the prize, which is even better, right? So I was like, oh, nice. It was an actor. It was a group of actors and a group of comedians, like a large group, Jim Jeffries, Ben Bailey, like a big, big group of comedians. And then a big group of actors, all guys you've seen in like the uh, fucking Veep and like all those those community, all that shit. The actors all sat by themselves. They were very serious. And everyone, raffle tickets were expensive. And so everyone bought, you know, maybe five raffle tickets. I bought, I think, I think maybe like 240. And so they called the next prize. Carolyn Ray is doing it. And I go, oh, wow, that's me. I play it, I play it super. Yeah, yeah. That's me. Oh, I can't believe I won. That's so crazy. <laughs> wow, what did I get? And she's like, you got this. I go, that's so cool. And then I sit back down. And then they call the next prize. I go, oh, my God, oh, me too. What are the and chances? Like, Whoa, he's won two in a row. He's won two in a row. And then they do the next prize, and, I, and I'm hiding behind a pillar. And she goes, uh, who won this? Let me go. And I go, oh, <laughs> today must be my lucky day. And now Peter's crying laughing. Jim Jeffries is on the phone. Fu- and Jim Jeffries goes, Mate, how many takes do you buy? And I show him, and he goes, oh, my God, oh, my God. This is going to be a long fucking day. I won all and you, the And you walked prizes. up every time? Every time, and I went, I can't fucking believe it. And by the end, like, I'm the fucking raffle king, motherfuckers. Stay in your seats. Call the number, Caroline. She's that's me again. It, I was, and, and, then, and then they did, uh, they go, all right, a trip for four seasons of Maui. And then, and Jim Jeffries goes, my, by the way, my business manager was there. So I text my business manager a price point on this trip. He goes, $10,000. I said, cool. Jim Jeffries goes, 4000 I go, 5000 He goes, five fifty. dollars I go, 6000 He goes, 7000 I go, 8000 I'm, I'm not even giving him time to do anything. Ben Bailey goes, uh, eight fifty. I go, 9000 And now everyone's like, holy shit. Ben Bailey goes, nine fifty. I go, 10000 And now the room's sitting there. And this has taken... All of about 30 seconds to get there. <laughs> ben Bailey goes, 11,000. I go, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> My God. But it's that being that character, being Rodney Dangerfield is... I will have to say, out of because that's who I am now for the rest of my life. Like I'm, I'm not going to be Ty Webb again. I'm not going to be... Any of the other characters. I will be Rodney this Dangerfield. Until it's, you it's, became Judge Smales. Yeah, until I become Judge Smales. And I'm like... <laughs> who, who, who are these really kids? Turn that music okay, down. Okay, then let's then let's talk about Ty Webb because I, I know you love Fletch. Okay, so I'll tell you. Let me tell you yeah. when, I, when I was Ty Webb. When I first moved to Hollywood, I was hundred percent Ty Webb. I fucked everyone I worked with. Didn't fuck. Didn't fuck. I'm only I only had six people. Women, not people. Women. Um, but I hooked Thank up you. with every chick I worked with. Yep. Uh, and at one point, I got a business manager, and I had. All my checks for my TV show in a backpack, so and some on the floor. Oh, I'm being dead serious. Have it. And so wow. I said, I said, oh, I should probably give you these. And he goes, this is 180 thousand dollars. And I was like, keep it. Can you put it in a bank account for me? I, I when I worked for Travel Channel, and then you know went on to work for Travel Channel. I hadn't gotten paid from Travel Channel for uh, the first like six episodes. And I was like, and Leanne called. She goes, yo, when are we? I'm at the place, the production company, Sharp Entertainment. She goes, yo, if you're with Dan, ask him when you get paid. I go, when do I get paid? He goes, you haven't paid yet? I go, no, I don't think so. And he goes, hey, can someone come in here? So Bob comes in. He goes, you haven't been paid? And I go, I guess not. Leanne says no. And he goes, how the fuck? What are you doing? I go, I don't know. I didn't think about it. And he goes, well, here, I'll give you a check. I go, for what? And he's like, I think it was $65,000. And I was like, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> And then Leanne goes, can you deposit it? 
And I said, I don't know how to do that. I never, I've never deposited a check in my life. So she goes, you need to take it to the bank. And I go, what do I do? She's like, are you being fucking serious? Everyone's like, you've never deposited. I walked to a bank, to our bank, and oh, I deposited. I said, like this. I'm, I, this is my first time ever depositing a check. And this black lady's like, okay, honey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this. And I well, need she called you honey. Yeah, and yes. she goes, and it's very simple. Just pass it to me. I saw it. And she goes, she goes, do you need any cash? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she goes, how much? And I go, $1,000? She goes, huh? Looks like she goes, you're che- depositing a check for $65,000? And I was like, and you never deposited a check? No one's I done go, that? No. I'm, I go, it's my first time. That's when I was Ty Webb. That's when I was Ty Webb. <laughs> well, I think, I, think, I think Chevy Chase as Fletch is maybe my favorite incarnation of Chevy Chase. Yes. Yeah. And you can see it starting to come out in this movie. Like when, he, when he's with uh, Lacey and he puts the cat back on the and he goes, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Like that, that, I was dying laughing when I saw the the snorting the cocaine and the lemon, so and the, then the shot over the so shoulder. That's he's like developing Fletch in this yeah. movie, sort of. Yeah, he, he's he, also improving a lot of it. Yeah, too. yeah, like that, that kind of like whole scene with uh, Cindy Wilson or Cindy Morgan, Cindy Wilson, whatever yeah. her name is. Uh, like she's he's doing the whole oil on the back and everything. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, oh, it was, a, it was a all improv. She didn't know he was going to do any of that. <laughs> she's getting annoyed with him. Yeah, like it's like what we're not doing anything according to the script that i apparently <laughs> read and and like the yeah everything was coming just unglued and him him not taking the shot the right way his song is just i love it i was born to love me i was born to lick your face you were born to love me and i was born to love you first should we go, on the patio? We should go out on to the patio <laughs> before we move on we got to talk about the pool scene oh, yeah. this scene captured my attention when I was a child, and still does today. Yeah. The the caddies welcome for fifteen minutes. It's one to one. Yeah, one to one fifteen, <laughs> and they come flying in. I still think this is one of the best moments in, in like comedy cinema. If I ever see a lifeguard stand, I think of the one lifeguard who has his whole leg covered in sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, he's got one leg covered in. It's. I'm like, what was that? Like, what was that choice? What, what happened here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this might be like my favorite pool scene in a movie ever uh and then like that's that is like close competition with like sandlot oh Be- I know. because that's that's a great pool scene with wendy peppercorn but then there's this it's just like it's the it's the it's the ted knight uh yeah. pool party like it's all uppity and like oh we're gonna swim we're gonna do like whatever and then the synchronized p- swimming and then the party <laughs> kids come in and like they bring their beer i love the sign it says uh caddies from like 1 to 115. <laughs> I've, I've never identified with a scene more than when she is walking by and everyone just goes <laughs> yeah. What is what is what is the nuncio say? Oof, I got. Like he gives, he gives a great Italian. Yeah. <sighs> like and then she gets to the diving board and the one guy falls off backwards and yeah. walking backwards and falls off and she executes a perfect dive. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's the, this was the first time I noticed the stunt double on the diving board. She starts to walk, and then it cuts to a wide scene, and it's clearly someone with a really weird wig on. <laughs> Watch it next time. It's sure. definitely a stunt double. That was before I ever knew about stunt doubles. Like, that was her, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why she got the job, because she can dive off a diving board. What a great moment for them to come together and do perfect synchronized swimming in those outfits. It's just such a great, like, such a great call as a director, because it really is out of the box. It is. You don't yeah. it doesn't yeah. add to the story at all. No. You don't need it, but it just is a funny it's a funny fucking visual. Do you think do you think obviously Baby Ruth did not sign off on this cuz if you notice <laughs> Baby Ruth Baby Ruth Baby R U T is what Rut. it says. Do you think 
in the grand 42, 42 years later, do you think that this kept Baby Ruth as a cam- candy bar? Because I think at the time, you're like, you can't make my candy bar a turd, a duty. That's going to kill our candy bar. But do you think everyone knows Baby Ruth because of this and also because of Goonies? Well, their, their sales probably skyrocketed so people could do this joke <laughs> yes. after the fucking movie, there's right? A, there's like, a whole episode to be come done on. about Baby Ruth. You know Baby Ruth isn't about Ruth, Ruth. Babe Ruth? Uh, Babe Ruth. It's about the president's daughter at the time. What? Coolidge's daughter's name was Ruth. And so they named the candy bar after or whoever the, the president was. They named it after her. And everyone thought it was after Babe Ruth. Yeah. No, but Babe if, Ruth. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's named after the president of the time's daughter. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And now it's a turd in a movie caddy show. And I will never not see a Baby Ruth and think it's fucking shit. I mean, it's the most turd-looking candy bar. It's got, yeah. the it's got peanuts. It. It's got peanuts. That's bottom line. Watching Bill Murray's face, too, when he actually grabs it and he's, like, squinting. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> They've got him cleaning the pool also, which is so hilarious. Like, he's also cleaning the pool. <laughs> Looks like he's cleaning up Three Mile Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is a kid from Florida now, when I watch this, I see the times when, because f- the weather in Florida is always changing. Like it's you, it rains every day in the every day in the summer it rains at like from one to two every day, and so to see it raining at when they're cleaning the pool, yeah. I now then go, oh that's that is Florida. That's wow. so wow. Yeah, because it, it went from a great sunny day to they're holding umbrellas. Yeah, they're holding umbrellas. Yeah, they had to deal with weather a ton, uh, is my understanding. Like there was a hurricane that right stopped production there, yeah. when they first got there. It flooded out like I think they said it flooded out the first floor of the hotel. So they had like worms and all this other stuff just like on the floor of the hotel yeah. where, where they were like everyone was going back. But we so. got cocaine. We're good. But we got coke. So it's just <laughs> fine. Like, I really like I want to talk about the gopher real quick. Uh, that that it was like all these characters in one kind of like more vignette than anything. than like a th- uh, like a through story through this whole thing. The the gopher is more of like the through story It's more like the bookend to every scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, they wanted, they wanted to add that. They added that like real late because they realized that this was more of like a, just like, Oh, it's this scene. And then this scene and then this scene, they don't really have anything to do with each other. Oh, that's interesting. And then they did the gopher scene to cut or the gopher stuff to try and like kind of bookend <clears throat> every scene together and have Carl, Bill Murray be like and trying to get, to get that. and to give him more scenes. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Well, and I think like like we were talking about, you know, you mentioned it's it was supposed to be about the caddies and about Danny and about this scholarship and them living their lives. And there was the relationship between him and Maggie. And it's almost like it just almost gets thrown out the window. I think that was supposed to be the book ending yeah. of, of this like of oh, this movie, sure. right? Of to be able to follow them and like uh, we'll find out a little bit more about what happens with Maggie, but it's like that was supposed to give us some context and some like a, a, a direction, and they kind of just threw it to the wind. They did, <laughs> like, like, yeah, whatever. That doesn't matter. It didn't matter. More, at, more at spackler. Point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> more Dangerfield. Uh, uh, let's let's get let's get a scene with uh, Chevy and Bill in there. Let's <laughs> yeah. do that. I mean, Danny cheats on her. He's dating Maggie. Yeah. He's, he thinks she's pregnant. He cheats on her, spends the night at the... I don't know why he didn't just go home. He could have yeah, gone right. home. And that's not like anyone's going to notice an extra body in that house. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a backstory in, in, in our in our new movie about all about Judge Spales. Yes. Judge Spales. I would love a story where he, uh, in World War II, befriended uh, an Irish man. And the Irish man had one dying wish. Uh, raise my daughter. 
And then he took Maggie and was like, I can raise her. I'll get her a job. I'll put her. Yeah. And like, or like he got an Irish woman pregnant. Yeah. That's the story. Oh. Yeah. No one knows, but he's like, I'll keep her close. I mean, there's, 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 there could be <laughs> such a fucking movie, a TV series about Judge Smales. Anything that erases Caddyshack 2 from everyone's memory. <laughs> yeah. I think it's our duty at this By point. Way, I didn't mind Caddyshack. You didn't mind it? <laughs> when you mentioned that in the beginning, I'm like, I, Bert might like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's move this on. So scene four, Al accidentally sinks Judge Smale's boat at the Yacht Club while Danny is hooking up with Lacey at Judge Smale's house. Does anyone remember what they say, the line they say when they talk about the weed? Oh, you mean when they're there at the the Yacht Club? They go, you got weed? And he goes, it's really good stuff. Do you remember the line he says? Oh, Uh, yeah. I got it from a Negro. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it makes you go, what? It's the funniest Fucking because well, it's first spalding. Of all, first of all, spalding. First, yes, first of all, yeah, it's it's so appropriate <laughs> that he, Spalding would believe because a black man sold it to him, it's good stuff. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, I know it's good stuff. But I love that I love the way he says I love I love that whole sentence. It's the funniest fuck one of the funniest sentences in the fucking movie. Doesn't he says he like, Oh, you're probably so high you don't even know it, right? Yeah, or something yeah. like that. But and then Danny shows up in the outfit and that, that's when he goes, Ahoy, Paloy. Did you way, just get back from a scotch ad? Yeah. And then you see the other guy who's trying to date Lacey. Uh beat it, Brad. Yeah, whatever. Brad super tall Brad yeah. that's clerking for the yeah. summer. Yeah. And that guy looks like the preppy rapist, like for real. You remember the preppy rapist in New York? Uh-uh. Oh, there was, there was a dude, the preppy rapist, and he raped a girl and killed her in Central Park. And then he bragged about it. Ugh. He bragged about it on a videotape. Jeez. He got acquitted, and then he bragged about it, and then they sent him to jail. He's still in jail. Good. Yeah, Jesus. he's bored. Yeah, he's a, he's a weird looking dude. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump. No, you're no, fine, man. We're I mean we're in we're, <laughs> ruined. We're no, in the like, scene here. I love I love when they're they're like that's it's that boat send off and everything. And he he's like, and I'd like to welcome everyone here to my boat. And he's like, Spalding, get your foot off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Ten night Spalding's foot is just about ready to hit the boat. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. <laughs> Ten night is fucking genius. Ten night really is genius in this. He <laughs> really so is good. fucking genius. Everybody's got like a name. It feels like that. Is is on the cusp of like a of a like a, a word joke or something like like we just like do you know who that man was Danny it's like I could probably guess it's like why don't you take a guess Bob Hope he's like Mitch Cumstein it's just <laughs> like my roommate my roommate God, roommate, God. It's just like okay he's a great <laughs> but, uh, is that the best fake name ever <laughs> yeah, in a Mitch Cumstein. Oh. That's something that you that every man, if you're listening right now, every man should have five names, five fake names you can say in stories. Well, you know what that man's name was? Uh, Mitch Cumstein. No, you're 100% right. Yes. I might change that to my name at hotels when I check in. Mitch Cumstein? Mitch Cumstein. That's fucking great. Yeah. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, roommate yeah. in college? Yeah, roommate in college? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's right. The, I was trying to think of the guy's name, the preppy guy's name is Chuck Schick. And so I just Chuck like Schick. I just keep thinking like that. They were trying to go somewhere with that name. I yeah, really wish that they is were. the most whitest name Chuck, I've ever heard Chuck in my Schick. life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and did you notice when they do get home, Smales and his wife gets home, she's only got one shoe on. <laughs> when they walk oh, into their real? house, he's only got one shoe on, and they separate and go to their different bedrooms. <laughs> oh my! I never way, noticed that. I'd like to see her. I wonder how old she was when they were shooting this, because you know all these people were like probably fifty-five. Mm-hmm. They weren't well, seventy. Um, like uh, and they all look seventy. Yeah. Fifty was so fucking old <laughs> back then. I would love to know the age of all the actors when they shot this movie, because so, I bet I bet Bill Murray was probably twenty-five. Yeah, Chevy Chase probably twenty-eight. 
Yeah. I bet I bet fucking Ted Knight was 40. He, he was uh, 57. Oh, that's as old as Rogan. <laughs> oh, and he looks so old. Can like, you imagine it, Rogan being like... The, the uppity yeah, country... Man, <laughs> everyone, so, get away from my elk boys. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well. <laughs> is that, okay, is that so the number have... one meme of all time? Yeah. Well. well, I was gonna ask: Is there a chance that Rogan will play snails in this like follow up movie? Oh, yeah. or are something? We, do you think we'll be into that? Trust me, I, tried. I had a, I had a scene in the, movie, in the movie we were gonna have where it was gonna be a big Eastern Promises fight where oh, everyone yeah. was naked, and I was gonna have all my comedian friends play the Russian mobsters that I was fighting, and I was gonna be naked for real with a small dick, and we we're gonna give them all prosthetics. <laughs> And they're all gonna have big fucking dicks, and uh, and uh, and I was like, I was like, what are the odds I get you guys to fly to Serbia? I'll fly you private. It was two hundred fifty thousand dollars to fly everyone, and uh, everybody, everyone was like, no. Yeah. I mean, Segura was like, I'll go if, if Joe goes, but it was also during COVID, and right? Fucking, oh, yeah. you, had to, you had to quarantine for like fucking five uh, days. It was a nightmare. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> fucking that. amazing. So, Bert, you think you think if you're talking about Bill Murray scenes, you think it's the Cinderella boy, tears in his Cinderella eyes? I guess Cinderella story. He's about 180 years. Yeah. He didn't nine iron. Like just the the, lo- the the yardages are all off. It actually doesn't Four, make any sense. 455 yards. He's gonna he's gonna take he's gonna take a two iron. You here. can barely <laughs> make out whatever he's saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you have to like lean in you're to like see what he's it? saying. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, yeah. have you ever, have you ever not been in a rainstorm where it's coming down and looked at your friend and go, I don't think the hard stuff's coming down for a while. <laughs> Never. Yeah. I don't think. The, I don't you don't think that. Say that. Yeah. He, that, that is such an interesting scene too, because the whole, that whole part, because it is non sequitur. The priest goes out, plays the best round of golf in his life, gets struck by lightning. Like, why would you add this into the fucking thing? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. It's, it really doesn't. And then you just have this priest come in later who's <laughs> forsaken God. He's just frivolous. <laughs> but like, he had a great round. <laughs> yeah. he's like, Never ask a Navy man if he needs another drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what his last line is before he gets struck? Rat farts. Rat farts. Rat farts. <laughs> the bishop says rat farts before he gets struck by lightning. I think you're right, though. Like the the non sequitur scenes in this movie are like kind of where it shines, and like that's where like the the off the cuff improv things came from. Where they're like, we have these actors, let's just do these, let's do whatever we can while we have them. You know, yeah. I think that's kind of where. Like we've talked about it before, I'm not sure what movies we've done, but like for a, the first movie of a filmmaker is like, I'm gonna go all out. I'm just I'm just gonna let's go. I'm just gonna do my thing. I have these actors. I'm gonna put the camera on them and see what they can do. You know, I think that's extremely brilliant. I think that's what shines through this movie for what's, sure. What's really fascinating and having done a movie is just for time because you do you'll overshoot. There are a lot of scenes that get cut, and it's interesting. I'd love to know which scenes they fought for for sure. And they were yeah. like, no, 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 we're not because I know there was a scene in our movie that they were gonna cut. They were you just said, like, we don't have time for it, and I fought for it. I, f- I fought this for it. This has to be the And movie. I said, I said, I actually, this will be the funniest I'll ever be. And I, and I, and I trust me. And, um, and it was, it's the funniest scene in the movie. It's the, by far the funniest scene in the movie. And I fought so fucking hard for it. And I had to tell the other actor, the other actor in it, because the other actor didn't want to do it either. No one wanted to do it. And I had to fight for it. And I had to tell her, I promise you'll be safe. I promise I won't hurt you. Like, because she was nervous. Because I have this, I have this energy that people think I'm unpredictable, and so 
I am a little unpredictable. <laughs> All right, come on. So, but, it, but I fought for it, and it's the fucking funniest scene of the whole fucking movie. Love well, that. Well, yeah. and then so if you're talking about the the scene of this movie, it's it's when Chevy Chase and yeah. uh, Bill Murray are together. You, do you know that? I mean, not only was this the only scene in the movie they were together, this is their only scene ever in a film that they're together. Really? Doesn't that seem weird? Like these two guys at the height of their career never were in a f- any scenes together other than this. They had so in- many issues, like from Saturday Night Live. I guess like like the last time that they met and saw each other like on Saturday Night Live. I can't remember which one. I think Chevy Chase came back and was hosting. Yeah, Chase left early. Murray Murray was still on Saturday Night Live yeah. while they were filming this movie. Right, yep. and and so yeah, so and at one point, I mean, they, there was talks about how they basically got in a fist fight. I mean, yeah. they they came to blows. Yeah, and at that point, they just didn't talk to each other anymore. And so and. They were like, well, we want to put a scene together. So <laughs> Ramus just basically said, yeah, we're all going to go have lunch. We're going to write a scene. And they sat down. They did it. And they were very civil and very like they did it. They did it all. Yeah. And it was great. And then it was that was it. it you, looks, had, you, had a, you had a pool where you live there? <laughs> yeah. You a pool. pool pond. Pond's pond, probably better for you. It's natural spring. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, there's so many brilliant parts yeah. of that fucking I love how Murray plays the the character in this. He's not he doesn't listen to a word yeah. that Ty Webb yeah. says. No. He's already like moving on to something else in his head while Ty's trying to I'll say something. I'll tell you something. why he was males. You cut him right here. It's all in his backswing. <laughs> yeah, you see, he's going to go about, all the way back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not about maiming him. It's all about fucking up his swing so that he can't hit the ball the right. See, he'll he'll cut out the whole like every time after that. You know, he'll he'll quit the game. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> Well, let's do final scene, guys. Yeah, so the golf match is held the following day. Cervic takes an injury in hopes of the draw. Lou, the course official who's acting as an umpire, tells Cervic his team will forfeit unless they find a substitute. Danny is forced to take his place on the final putt to win the game. Carl Spackler creates an explosion intended to kill the gopher, which ends up sinking Danny's putt to win the game. I love it. And that's that. You've seen that Tiger Wood putt, right? Oh yeah, the Nike it's, shot yeah, or whatever. No, the one, where where he, the one where it sat on the thing, sat on the thing, sat on the thing, sat on the thing, and then that fell. was Masters, oh, right? Wasn't that, was, that like yeah. the famous Masters? I think. That's, I mean, it's it's such a, uh, you know, once again, it's it's the little things in this movie. But when he goes, uh, when they Judge Smales goes to hit his putt, and he goes, Billy Baru. It's you know that is it's a it's a it's a golf club. It's, a, it's, it's a, the it's, name of a golf club. It's the name club. of a putter, and it's, and it's the name of a professional golfer. I got to look it up because <laughs> I, I one time had a Billy Baru, and you obviously uh, talked about it, and the same way that he talked to it. Any time I pulled it out of my, I, I, it was for special putts, and that's he's got. Hold on, I've got a, I've got a fucking. Well, while you're looking agents. it up, why, why is that? I never understood why he didn't just use that putter every time. Yeah. It's a special putter. <laughs> what, what's it's so special about it? Billy, it's Baru. like a game ender. You gotta like save it for the. Billy Baru. <laughs> you only get for one like per round. Precious moments. So, so Ray Cook's Billy Baru blade putter. Billy Baru was, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's. It's Caddyshack when he goes, oh, Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> it's, a, it's, here, take a look at this. It's the Billy Baru. That's amazing. Oh, the name shit. of the putter that he uses. And, and it's, and I had one. I had a Billy Baru. And, and I would use it for special putts because I would be like, it was just, it was time to, time to bring out the big guns. <laughs> and time then you make a scene pulling it out and oh, talking Billy, to it. Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> Yo, Billy Baru. <laughs> so you you two are are fairly good golfers and you do it a lot. I have a question about the. Them too. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I pointed yeah. past you. Yep, thank you. Uh, <laughs> this game was tied on the last putt, 
And uh, Smales, Smales sinks his putt on one. Dr. Beeper goes in two. Ty Webb goes in two. So Danny Noonan, if he sinks this putt, they tie. So why? why? Oh, no. It's, well, it's, it's not. It's, it's, first of all, I don't remember the hole, but I think it's, it's, it's not. It's just they all got to the. They didn't all get to the green at the same time. I think Danny was still under one stroke. Oh, if he, okay. If he if he hit two, they pushed. You think so? Okay, that makes a lot more sense to me because it didn't make sense why he would double or nothing the bet and Smales would take it. When yeah. in reality, Smales knows that at worst Danny well, wait, sinks the on. putt. I don't really remember the it's scene that great. He but said we're all tied up. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was. The, the um, ah. Brian Doyle Murray Lou Loomis says we're all tied up. Last hole, and so so if if Noonan sinks this putt, they're tied still. But but if, but <clears> but if Smales if Smales if if T- uh, fucking goddamn it! My my brain's <laughs> fried. If Rodney Dangerfield says double or nothing, he makes it. Yeah, and that means the bet, the whole bet, is double or nothing. Yes, so, so, so they're tied. They're okay. tied. So like, so like, let's say, let's say that uh, we all have a bet, right? And then we tie, we push, and then I look at you at the vent and I go, F- our bet's p- push, double or nothing. Uh, this is the new bet, yeah. basically. Uh, yeah, double or nothing. I, like I, I don't remember. I wish I could now. Now that I see that, I, I you know, it's so funny. I get it. I said a point like that. It's like it's a what's it called? Like one of those things where suspension of disbelief. Where he's just yeah, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. I just need. I know we need, he needs to make. The I know that he needs yeah. to make this. Spot. So in that case, we're like, did did he win? Did uh, uh, Ted Knight win the game? And then just technically they the game was the tied. Bet, right? They won the bet, but the game was tied. The game, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And well, also, pr- rules of uh, golf says that that ball. Had stopped its motion, and that should not count. <laughs> Exterior, something else made that ball fall in the hole, and that that should not count. So Smales again uh, humanizing hold on, hold the on. goons. No, no, that's not. You, accurate. Oh, really? It's not accurate. So if you say you uh, say you hit a shot off, say someone's on the green, right, and you oh. hit a shot, and the, your ball hits their ball, their ball wherever their ball lands is where they have to hit. From. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to humanize. Judge it, used to be, here. it used to be. If I'm not mistaken, the rules of golf used to be that you could hit other people's balls. Uh, you could hit other people's balls, like on purpose. On purpose. I think that the old school rules of golf, and now people mark their balls. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But uh, <coughs> but yeah, I don't. I, I I know for a fact I've hit a ball that hit another ball on the green off my thing, and I hit it way closer. And one of the, my dad's friends were like, "Oh my god, you almost fucking sunk me in for an eagle." <laughs> Wait what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, that end of that. You know, it's so funny. I, I you're so invested in the movie, you don't even care about the story. No. no. And there's there's so many times that you hear execs go, but hold on, hold on. You go, guys. If we're this far into the fucking movie, and they're like, hold on, is he still? Where's? How come there's no blood on his hands? You're like, then we fucking lost them. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're not watching the movie the way we want them to watch it. Well, I, I talked about it in Jaws, where he's like, uh, if we blow up the shark, no one's gonna fucking believe that they blew up a shark. It's like. I'm Steven Spielberg. If if people are are willing to go this far and watch me blow up a shark, they're gonna believe anything that I fucking do. Yeah, and it's like if you're if you're invested, you're right. If you're invested into this, if you're having a good time, whatever. Who gives a shit? And Rocco, Bruno, help <laughs> help Smells find his wallet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then they're gonna believe that Lou Loomis, his job as head of the Caddyshack is not going to be phased by explosions or the fact that he no longer has a job. He's going to be like, we got to see if this putt goes in. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No one's really paying attention. There's so much suspension of disbelief that's going on. Yes. You know, you can't get these Caddyshack hats. 
You can get the patch, but you can't get those hats. Really? Really? I, I tried to buy during the pandemic, of course. I, I, just, I, I tried need to buy this. everything. I, buy, I have a Bushwood hat uh, patch, not the hat, just a patch. <laughs> Maybe we See, should get into that. I know. Like, I, I, that's the whole thing I was thinking of this whole time is everyone else is concerned about this bet, not the fact that, like, an 80, what was it, $80,000 by the time it was all said and done? Yeah, 80000 uh, everyone was concerned about that, not the millions of dollars of damage like created like by this oh. explosion. <laughs> I love that Bill Murray just kind of turned, kind of turns uh, back and sheepishly walks off. Like <laughs> the okay, okay. Here's my question I pose to you. Let's all take a stab at it. What would have been the perfect sequel? The perfect I, sequel, but it's still got to be about golf. It's got to be about golf. We're writing Caddyshack 2 perfect sequel. Smells in a coma. Yeah. The two bouncers beat him up. The two bodyguards beat him to, to death. Okay. He's in a coma. Lacey Underall is pregnant with Danny's baby. Ty. You thought about Ty. This. No, just coming up. <laughs> no. Ty has married Lacey Underalls and is raising Danny's son. Danny is now in law school, training to be a judge. Smells comes out of a coma. And him and the doctor go on a fucking, because the doctor's off. Dr. They both go off the fucking rails. <laughs> and they come in to the country so club, guns a-blazing, and they hold them hostage like Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I'm signing up for that, that one. That would be a good one. That would be good. Just try one. Just try one. Just start, just start taking storylines and mesh them. Yeah, I love that. Judge Smales cannot pay, even after being beaten up. He's run out of town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Lacey... Uh, Lacey is does stay with uh, was it Mike or uh, Danny. Danny Danny Mike and Danny stay together uh, because he turn turns out he really did want kids uh, after Maggie and after Maggie's yeah. celebrated scared. not yeah you know they have kids and with the blessing of Al Cervic they buy Bushwood and that is when uh, Judge Smales comes back into town. Uh, and wants his wants his country club back. Okay, and I'll play you for it. Oh, oh. I'm thinking Judge Smales upgrades. He buys a whole new golf course. He buys like the one of his dreams where there's like no hooligans going to be in and out of this. <laughs> and you're right. I'm I'm going with you. Uh, Danny and Lacey have bought have bought Bushwood, but it is cratered. Okay, it's, it's cratered. cratered. And so Carl has hazard. Carl has it's it's almost like a uh, a military training course as well as a golf course. So they're making double on double. But Judge Smales has bought uh, a land right next to there, and so it's literally a battlefield, and it's like a, a, a Revolutionary War kind of sequel, like the, the Patriot meets. Yeah, I love uh, this. Caddyshack. I love this. I love this. Love that. All right, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it fan theory style. Turns out Al Cervic was the mastermind behind all of this. Ooh. Turns out he knew that he, like, remember he talks about it, he goes, 2,000 units coming in, and, and, and he goes, uh, you know, country clubs and cemeteries, the biggest waste of prime real estate. He says, I know they'd love a good shopping mall. So he's been looking <laughs> at the country club. He's been looking at that piece of land going, I need to get rid of that. So he looked on a map. He saw how perfect it was. He planted the gophers. He picked on snails from the start, trying to get him to get unhinged and lose the club. He preys on Ty Webb's hatred for snails to get snails and, and doing illegal gambling. Yeah. He gives Carl all the supplies he needs. Like he's like, here, Carl, you're going to need he this. Supplied it. He okay. even brought Wang. Uh. 
Wang yeah. is actually his partner, but oh. he's pretending like a stereotypical Chinese guy that's like taking pictures. Oh, he Kaiser Soze. He Kaiser Soze. So he was actually taking <laughs> developmental photos. Um, he even tells Smales he won't join the club. He's going to buy it. So his plan works perfectly. Golf course is destroyed. President of the course is whereabouts unknown. We don't know where Smales is. Board of directors has to sell it. So they sell it to Cervic. He buys it, and this is now the rest of the country club stepping in. Ty Webb's mad. He's like, I didn't know you were doing this. So they're trying to stop him from building the country club or building a shopping mall at Bushwood Country Club. Damn. All right, what about this? What about this? It's a musical. It's a musical <laughs> set in a bowling alley. It's not called Caddyshack. It's called Pin Monkeys, and it's about all the kids in the 50s who had to pull the pins up. Oh, my God. oh shit. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> same same cast of character. The guy that owns the bowling alley is uptight. It's a it's a it's it's oh no greasers in this bowling alley. <laughs> and Al Zervik is a cars used car salesman who makes a ton of money. I could fucking do this all day. Can you imagine Rodney Dangerfield's like lineup for his bowling? Like, Wait, if, did, if, I just, did I just pitch Grease too? <laughs> oh shit, you I did. Pitch Grease too. <laughs> this is American. So we have to have some like Al Capone. <laughs> Al Capone is, is a character. Which is the worst uh, uh, sequel? You think Grease that's the worst? Or or Caddyshack too? Oh man, I never saw Grease too. So I, I I just chose not to. It was like a, cho- a choice to say I'm not going to. Have, you seen, so have, so have you seen Boondock Saints? Have you seen Boondock Saints too? All Saints Day. No, but I met the dude from Boondock Saints. I went to his bar. You know the story. Oh, Duffy, right? that he bought. He got a bar. I for... went to that bar and I met him at that bar when they were in production. I think of Boondock Saints. Um, no, Grease Two. Grease Two is way better than. Kai I Jack think so did. too. It's it's, it's like actually a, it's still, like a it's bad actually good. A good. I need a cool rider, a cool 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 rider. <laughs> I need a C O O L. R-I-D-D-R. I just, I don't know, Ritter? Ritter. <laughs> uh, no. Well, listen, fellas, we know you got to get going. What we have to do is we've talked about this movie with a modern eye. We have to give it a modern day rating to establish what our score is. Bert, we're going to start with you. What is your zero out of 10 rating of this movie as, as modern day as you can? You know, you're being as honest as you can about this movie in the spectrum of movies. What oh, are you thinking? There will never be a movie as good as this. There will never be a cast, a cast as strong as this cast the writing will never be you'll never have a comedy that is written this tightly that the improv scenes are so fucking brilliant and a scale of 10 one out of 10 i give this a crisp clean with a ting 10 damn damn aj what about Ooh, you man that's a tough one to follow there's <laughs> there's there's a lot of if if there's the only thing that I have to say that's probably negative about this movie, if I'm being real honest, is lack of diversity. What? The one, the one black, <laughs> the one black guy. Twenty bucks has smells kids, picks his nose, and needs it. Do you hear the one? There's about a the reason that we all boat? laugh when we see him in the boat and go. Okay, yeah. it's yeah. hilarious. They're like sparking up. <laughs> the lack of diversity. That's what okay, you're going okay. for. I wonder uh, if I watch this movie and go, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> so, right, so, do. so two glaring problems that we 
<laughs> lack of diversity. Also, the fact that like they decided to throw a narrative after they created all this comic gold, like right, already, right? right? right, right yeah. Yeah. They just decided to like throw this gopher thing on top, which was an afterthought, as we've said. And we didn't even get into the idea of like who who wrote this movie and like if you ever see anything or like look up. There's a there was a recent uh, movie about about Doug Kennedy. Um, yeah. Uh, Kenny, sorry, Kenny, yeah. Kenny. Doug Kenny, and that guy is a national treasure who has gone through the full spectrum of what someone like him who who gains this fame and notoriety and becomes very popular and went through all these all this depression, all this bad stuff, and goes out the way, you know, on his own terms of you know they say he fell off a cliff in Hawaii, right. and it's just a it's a very sad and you should go and check out the movie. I'm sorry I can't think of the name. It's of called it. uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Rick Glassman was in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, I think so. And I think uh, Michael Wayne might have directed it. David Wayne David directed Wayne. it. David Wayne directed he directed it. it. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, uh, days uh, fucking. I need to I need to say what the title what's his, is. What's his name again? Uh, David Wayne. David Wayne. He directed it. I literally just looked it up. But it, and it, Doug Kenny. Doug Kenny. And as you guys like look it up and everything, it's that is something. Uh, that you absolutely should look up and and uh, see a futile and stupid yeah. gesture. A futile and stupid gesture um, about National Lampoon. About National Lampoon, how it came together. This might as well be a National Lampoon movie, in yeah. my opinion, um, and it's somehow not. Um, that all being said, like they t- he talk they talk about like after this was made, a lot of them did not think very highly of their creation. In this movie, you know, and it became something very great. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is still something very great. And I really, really do love the comedy. And the fact that they were able to bring this, as you said, like this host, this cast of people together to make this movie is freaking insane. And so that being said, I, I am going to give it I'm going to give it an 8.7. Wow. 8.7. Sean, what about you, man? I think that this is a... Uh extremely well cast movie and like reading about it and seeing how everything that was improv came together. Uh, I really love that. I like, like I, I made short films and I love just being like, Oh, you're funny. You be in the movie. And that's kind of what this <laughs> right. is. Like, I love that shit. Um, and uh, I, I, I just love the kind of run and gun aspect of it. I mean, like, Oh, but, but we need a movie. Let's put a gopher in there. I kind of <laughs> like that about it a lot. I just, it's just very, very charming to me. And um, uh, overall, I think I'm just going to give this a, and it's a perfect, like, like I said, watching it with my father uh, the first time in his underwear on Sunday mornings. I think that's the perfect time for me to watch it. And uh, for that nostalgia, I'm going to have to have it affect this to be a, uh, I'm going to say a 7.8. 7.8. I, I believe everything you guys say is incredible. I, I think it's better than Happy Gilmore. I think it's one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Yes. Unbelievably hilarious. I watched it three times in the last three days, and I, every time I was like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I never got sick of it. Uh, I'm going to call it an 8.5. So that is an 8.75 for us as a all group, right. which, Bert, if you put that against every movie we've done so far, <laughs> that is tied at number 10 with Dumb and Dumber. Ooh. <laughs> That is Man, is dumb and dumb. If you can only watch one movie for the rest of your life, you picking Dumb and Dumber or Caddyshack? I don't like. This well, I've actually, I've actually I, made I've actually made this request. If I get into a coma, I've, I said to my wife, just put on Quantum Leap season one to the fucking finale. 
on repeat. I'll Just watch them it every single. It was my favorite show ever. I hate what they did with the reboot. Yeah. The uh, uh, I could watch Caddyshack on repeat for the rest of my life in a coma. All right, every okay. day, every day. That or Fight Club. Ooh. Ooh. Gotta do that one next. Yeah, I know. Fight Club's so fucking good, well, dude. <laughs> thanks for being here, man. Hey, I uh, love you guys. One, one last, cl- one last plug for everything. Razzle Dazzle's out right now. Razzle Dazzle's out on Netflix right now. Uh, my movie, The Machine, is coming out in theaters Memorial Day weekend in theaters all over the country. Uh, thousands of theaters. Go to the go to themachine.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed <laughs> me and you said that guy Bert's funny, I, what I a nice guy doing him a solid. Then go to themachine.com and pre-order your ticket for my movie so that you can see see it opening day weekend. If you pre-order it, then going into that weekend, we can have a a hit movie and that is and it's unheard of it's never been done yeah but this is my stupid marketing brain is like what if you could just get tickets like we do with tours and then you sell them out before you even have That's to go genius. on tours i'm so, thinking you're changing the game on this uh, i think a lot of people have, have done it before me i think i wasn't the first <laughs> no person. no you invented it but like, i invented it but no but i thought i thought it was a, and so so go to the machine.movie and uh pre-order your tickets and and uh and check out my special on netflix and then you won't hear a word from me. All I'll be doing is doing fully loaded over the summer, my fully loaded cruise in October, and uh, Red Rocks again in October. And I didn't thank you guys for having me on. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much to Burt Kreischer for being here. Thanks for you for listening. Tune in next week. We have some awesome episodes coming up. We're going to be doing Airheads, Patreon voted on mm, Airheads. Yes. It's finally here. Yeah. We, we've been, we've been uh, requested that numerous times and uh we're finally doing it and very a- excited yeah and after that we are doing we're bringing back the on trial bonus episode <laughs> where aj's turn to uh biodome is in jail and uh, uh, i tried my best but it's aj's turn <laughs> i can't wait uh i don't know if we're gonna disclose the movie but you're gonna love it it's uh i know you will we're doing it on so. st patrick's day around st patrick's day so there's a little let that be hint. a hint let that be a hint. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been great having you guys. AJ, let's take us out of here, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this show. It was such a good time. Make sure you're following us on all social media, at Confused Breakfast. Just search for at Confused Breakfast. Make sure you're leaving us a five-star review and writing us a review, too, because we just love reading them. Check us out on YouTube. This is so much fun. We're here on YouTube, guys. Check out the new set, at Confused Breakfast. Come on over to ConfusedBreakfast.com and get some damn merch. You can get some shirts, you can get some coffee mugs, you can get some stickers, uh, and then go to that same damn website as well and see our ratings. Uh, we got our ratings of uh, our individual ratings, and we got our ratings of the show entirely. <laughs> really, really great job, Sean. Yeah. Thank you. Also, make sure you go to patreon.com slash confuse breakfast. You get all the bonus perks to support this podcast. We are proudly presented by Upload Media Group here in town. They produced the show. Craig made all this happen. Craig, go, ch- go check them out, uploadmediagroup.com. And we are a part of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Check them out, cloud10.fm. That's it for us today. Thank you so much. Juices. You're the best. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.